Are we ready? We are ready. Happy Hanukkah! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Diogenes Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, turn it, please turn up the podcast. This time, we will be discussing Buffy, Season 1, Episode 12, Prophecy Girl, wherein Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires, breaks the first rule of slaying. and uh happy hanukkah yeah happy christmas eve yeah absolutely um whatever other holidays may be out there yes to be celebrated solstice perhaps we are Um, a we are a happy holidays kind of podcast we are definitely a happy holidays of all different kinds or if you really hate christmas well (laughs) uh, have a podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's fine uh if it makes you feel any better i've been working in a grocery store with Christmas music, um, helping people find things that they need as they get increasingly grumpy closer and closer to the holiday. Um, so I don't care how much you hate Christmas. I hate it more. <laughs> I remember when, when I worked in the mall at Christmas time. Oh, as well. God. I worked in a mall at Christmas time, too. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, actually, I took your old job. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> same mall. Yeah, same mall, same shop. Yep. Uh, it was called Wasatch Cutlery. So In the... The now, now dearly departed Cottonwood Mall. Yeah, Cottonwood Mall. Yeah, it's like a Macy's and then a big dirt lot where they intended on building more mall. Yep. Um, but that was right at the recession. <laughs> so, it's, so, but yeah, it's just a disembodied Macy's. It really is. It's a disembodied Macy's. <laughs> it was a great mall. I mean, it was totally like Mall Rats Mall. It was oh, yeah. great. Yeah, I, I liked like, it. It was quiet. Yeah, and there was the comic <laughs> book shop up on the top level, and it was just, it was great food some court. funky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, we both worked at a knife store. Yep. At different times. Yep. Yep. It was my first job. That's where I got most of my scars. <laughs> uh, I told you not to play with the knives. I can't help myself. <laughs> the best one I got from a customer. Yeah. Well, it, see, that's the thing. Fair. That's the thing. I never, ever, ever, ever touch the knife while the customer's touching the knife. Oh, I always I made them though. put it. I, I made them put it on the counter because they were stupid. No, I didn't though because he put it back on the counter, and then I picked it up, and it was one of those big spider coats. Uh-huh. If you don't know what spider co is, look it up. Um, so it's this big honker, and I opened it up, and I was showing him a couple features, and he said, "Well, how do you close it?" So I tipped it back so it wouldn't close on my hand, and I pushed the back lever mm-hmm. with my thumb. All right. He said, "Oh, like this." And close the thing on my finger. Oh, you're allowed to punch them if they do that, by the way. I'm too short to reach over the counter. <laughs> so I, with dripping blood, dripping blood everywhere, mm-hmm. I had to call security to come help him out because he was turning green and looking like he was going to vomit on the, like, <laughs> <laughs> the upholstered floor. They look at me, don't ask me if I'm okay, and then leave <laughs> Well, well, because a lot of people got cut in that knife store. Yeah, I guess so. That's just normal. <laughs> no. yeah, so the weird part I was the dude almost passing out because a lot of people got cut in yeah, that knife store. That's true. No, he, he almost passed out. Oh, he's just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. As always, I am Jen and this is Sadar. <laughs> Hi. I'm also known as Michelle. We are the sisters Tuckett. That's right. Yes. Of the Wasatch Cutlery. R.I.P. <laughs> that was a cool job. And now on to things you actually came here to listen to. <laughs> Might do some editing. (laughs) 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 So, this is the the big the big episode of the season. I can't believe we're already already to the end. I know. Well, it was half a season. That's true. Okay, but still, I can't believe we're already to the end. I know. This is insane. Clipping along, and it's very fun. So, should we uh, 
talk about anything in this episode before we launch in or should we just launch in? Um, well, just I kind of want to touch on. So at a certain point in the last podcast, we were talking about the color red hmm. and what it represents. Or actually, we started talking about that in Nightmares. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. Um, so I went ahead and watched a whole bunch more Buffy. <laughs> In the you made the times. sacrifice. Yes. You sacrificed your podcast. Oh, it was such a hardship to watch it for the like, 50th time. Um, <laughs> but I was really look, looking for themes in red. And I'll talk about this a little bit more because we don't have a ton of time ahead. But red kind of works as a metaphor for several different things. It means something we should pay attention to. Um, means danger. Mm-hmm. But I think it also can mean a wound. I think when it shows up on our characters, especially after an event, it's actually like we've cut Buffy, like we've hurt Buffy. Um, it can also mean danger to Buffy if it's on, like, a bad guy. Um, and then sometimes we actually get the literal red shirt yeah. <laughs> a few times. Um, so it really just has a very interesting role to play that's really fluid. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find one overall theme, but just like all of the characters in Buffy, the color red has a lot of different roles to play as well. It's almost like um, River's feet in, in Firefly. Um, Joss Whedon talks about her feet as being the last character like the unnamed character because they interact with the world in different ways um so i'll try and watch for that and give a lot of special attention to it because i feel like knowing joss whedon this is a really intentional thing even though it's used so lightly um like now we're looking for it it looks really heavy-handed but in the actual shots it's really really um even you know like throughout this whole show up until about two-thirds of the way through there's a little bit of red in the corner of almost every scene mm-hmm. um, almost every shot we see some kind of red and it it grows depending on the presence right. of when, of danger and you know gentle listeners you may be thinking we're full of shit and i wouldn't blame you but especially if you let's say look for blue in every scene you're not going to find it no <laughs> you're not and normally we have a lot of blue we have a lot of right. earth tones we have a lot of green um you know and we do introduce green in this as well, we have a couple different times. Well, and but the interesting part about this episode, as Snard pointed out to me, the red only lasts to a certain point, mm-hmm. and then it kind of switches over to blues and greens. It does, yeah. Well, and we have characters that are wearing no red. We have characters that are wearing lots of red. Um, so, yeah, we're, I'm really not making this up. If you look, there is a red object or something red in the back of just about every scene. I rewound this and showed it to Jen. Right. And it's true. And usually it's framing Buffy. Yeah, usually it's framing <laughs> Some other po- folks have the red around around them if they're in the scenes with Buffy, of course, because mm-hmm. you can't frame everything perfectly because um, people are moving around and, you know, you can't change the scene. Let's say you can't change the, the set pieces, like, between when Buffy's standing there and when Joyce is standing there. Let's say. Yeah. So <laughs> you can't do that. But Buffy is frequently surrounded on both sides by red. Yeah, so it's like this looming thing that just keeps creeping up. But it's right. it's also objects that we normally see. It's books, it's stuffed animals, it's, you know, posters. Um, so, yeah, and it they just have seemed to make really conscious choices that way. Right. If you think we're full of shit, please politely let us know. Right. Um, if you have any thoughts on this, please, please let us know. Uh, just as always, talk to us. Yes. Talk to us. <laughs> Shall we get going? Oh, please. All righty. <laughs> so, we open at the bronze. Xander is giving a little rehearsal speech to Willow since he's planning to ask Buffy to the upcoming dance and ouch. Oh. <laughs> Willow is a trooper, man. Her she doesn't eyes. even really so but she doesn't even really seem to mind and she's able to pretend it's real and I would have so so minded being Willow in this situation. Oh, I know, but yeah, she's just right there with it. <sighs> and please note, Xander's wearing red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he should be here cuz he's hurting Willow like right now. That's true. So uh, eventually, after torturing us for a little while with 
this. Uh, they wonder what Buffy is up to that evening, and they guess it's the usual. And indeed it is, as Buffy is waged in a battle with something or other. Which is so great. You could actually have this be the first episode of Buffy you that could. you show somebody, because they have all the backstory right there. Yep. And Xander's yeah. in love with Buffy, Willow's in love with Xander, yep. and Buffy kills things. Yes. But that would be a shame to skip all the good stuff it would. in season Don't one. skip all the good stuff, but <laughs> if you really need to introduce somebody to Buffy... Yeah, it would be you pretty good. You could skip right to this. We point. even have a exposition Jenny Calendar later to fill in a lot of gaps for us. We appreciate her for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, this really is presented, like, in uh-huh. case this is the first time you're tuning in, yep. which is really smart for the last episode of a season. Yes. You're not sure you're going to get picked up for next. You know, so a lot of people might have tuned in when you actually had to tune in. Right. No TiVo. Um, so it was a really smart move for... People needing to tune in to see it. Maybe people are giving Buffy like one last chance. So let's yep. see if we can get our ratings up. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so like brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was that. really good. Yeah. Uh, so Cordelia and new boyfriend Kevin are disturbed from their making out by the sound of Buffy violently hitting the ground. <laughs> Kevin cares not for scary noises because making out with Cordelia is on the agenda. <laughs> Fully agreed, Kevin. And enjoy your time while you still have it on the earth. Um, so Buffy pulls out a stake and gives her vamp opponent a glare slash knowing smile. And we find out she has pretty much lured him into her trap, including him. She's slain three that very evening. Go yes. Buffy. Also, she's wearing red. She's dangerous. She is. It should. But she is wearing red and she's in danger. <laughs> yeah. Both. Yes. Yes. Buffy's a multitasker. I'm just going to mention all the red. <laughs> just yeah. peanut gallery with the red. <laughs> red, red, here. red. Yeah. Uh, so, rum. <laughs> Giles is translating the codex. He right on the some... back of his jacket. His, uh, his vest. <laughs> well, yeah, it's right behind him. Yeah. It's behind you, Giles. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've got to mention this shot. So we go oh, through. Oh, yeah, this is yeah, interesting. I have to mention this shot. So we, we look over Sunnydale from the top of um, of Sunnydale High. Right. Weirdly. <laughs> um, so we have this little shot and we pan over and then we look down through the skylight. We've never mm-hmm. had this view of the library before. In <laughs> fact, this be, is the first of many views. It will be views. important later. <laughs> yes. This is the first of many angles we haven't had in the library before ever. And we see this table and red, like kind of a red bullseye almost, um, the way that it's framed. I didn't notice. And then we move in through the skylight to Giles. Uh, it was kind of like we're, we're spying on Giles a little yeah, bit. He's a little exposed in it's, there. It's really the first time we've looked down at it from the top. It's an interesting POV, that shot. It really is, yeah. It sort of feels a little menaced, mm-hmm. let's say. Yeah, and it's giving us a sense of place as well. Right. That It's, a, it's an interesting establishing shot, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, that little skyline view. Yeah. So he's uh, translating along in the codex, and he gets some not-so-good news, and he's freaked out. The master shall rise, and the slayer yeah, probably not shall get a pizza from the way he's acting. <laughs> Uh, cue the ominous earthquake which kills his tea and trashes a good portion of the library. Kills his tea? <laughs> killed him. It just killed it. Killed it dead. Murdered it. <laughs> <laughs> and the master is way excited. He's all evil laughing and gloating. And then, what do you think? 5.1? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard that people in California do this. <laughs> Try to make a guess. Uh, so, gentle <laughs> listeners, if you're from California, just send us a yeah, yes like, or no. Tell us what you think that... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, was, was that a 5.1? Yeah. Was, was that a 5.1? I mean, was it more like a three-pointer? Like, how much would you think that that, uh, that little ruckus was? It was pretty good. It knocked it a bunch is, of yeah. around. Well, and the, this transition, this really sinister transition from his, like, kind of overacting in the moment. Not overacting from the actor. Overacting right. from the character. Like, the holy shit yeah. moment. And yeah. then just, like, panning over. Like, is it doom? It's really doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah it's just it's a great little uh switch between serious and comedic yeah good one uh the next morning giles is really really disheveled he clearly hasn't slept buffy pops into the library all perky and giles is completely adorable and scared and sad and happy to see her buffy notices his rather unkempt sort of ungilesness and finds out he's been working all night uh she reports on the three vampires she slew and is worried that things are getting worse giles is distracted really really distracted Buffy even broke a nail and wants him to acknowledge it, but he's totally somewhere else. Buffy suggests that she has a terrible fate she has to be at, and Giles hears that for sure. So even if uh, we hadn't seen this episode before, we'd have a pretty good idea right now what the prophecy is all about. Shockingly, Buffy's terrible fate does not involve history class, but biology class instead. She leaves, and Giles watches her. (laughs) And Giles looks terrified. He really does. He looks horrible. His distracted reaction to her, I have to go meet my terrible fate... Mm -hmm. Is just it's like heart- oh, oh. He is heartbreaking through yep. this whole episode. He is. Yeah, you can He's... just it's it's the air of an adult trying so hard to be an adult, despite the fact that he doesn't want to. Right. And yeah. I mean, this is. I don't know. I, Buffy probably doesn't see it yet, but Giles totally sees her as his daughter at this oh, point. Yeah. This absolutely. is not a reaction of a mentor, you know, and and a protege. This mm-hmm. is. Yeah, because as as we see later from the council, they'd just be like, well. <laughs> Oh if yeah, this one dies. I'll just get another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Few other watchers are not so attached to the Slayers. Let's just say, uh, Buffy, Willow, and Xander agree that biology class was not exciting. Willow Xander. in red pants. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Xander pretty much tells Willow to get lost so he can make Buffy and the rest of us incredibly uncomfortable. Xander sits Buffy down after kind of being a dick to the kid who is sitting there already. And I like it. I think it's cute. <laughs> hey, move. But if you're gonna hit, if you're gonna ask Buffy out, don't be mean to somebody right before because Cordy made that mistake to Willow, and then That's, they're not friends. That is true. <laughs> yeah, so don't do she that. She doesn't seem to mind. So uh, yeah, I, I would still not risk that one. I'd probably give the guy some chocolates and tell him to you know. True. But yeah. <laughs> again, we're about to have Xander be horribly rejected. We've got to give ourselves a reason not to like him. And I'm going to say not horribly rejected, but whatever. Not not horribly rejected, <laughs> but for him, like from right. his perspective. From his perspective, if, if this is the Xander show, right? Um, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to him. Yeah, and yeah. so we've got well, maybe not with his family. Um, well, he acts like it is. It's true. Yeah. So worst thing outside of family that's happened to him. Sure. Um, but yeah, so we just got to give ourselves a little wiggle room to maybe not be feeling quite so attached to him. <laughs> yeah, and successful. Mm-hmm. No, what it is, I've, I've been rejected way worse than Xander, and I brushed it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have no sympathy. Yeah, anyway. My, my <laughs> similar one to this was I told someone I really like them. And they mm-hmm. said, well, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, so he gives a little speech that ends with saying that he wants to dance with her and that'll happen in the next episode xander but you won't like it as much as you think you will uh foreshadowing like five seconds foreshadowing does a tango in the background uh (laughs) 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 and i got it okay and buffy is very very nice here like so nice especially since she's clearly pretty surprised that he has actually asked her to the dance and I have to, if only we could all be rejected in this way, people probably wouldn't have so many issues. You it's know? true. And um, I, I would mention the Willow is a gay foreshadowing here, except that I know it isn't, but still gay Willow foreshadowing right here. Um, Buffy says she thinks of him as a friend and is trying so hard to let him down gently. Uh, he pushes her into saying whether she likes him that way or not, so she tells him straight, and he doesn't like that either. It's all understandable, Xander. This kind of thing sucks, and... Then he tells her to try to like him and that he'll wait. And I'm starting to think that my strategy of making a lame excuse and fleeing the scene never to return is a much better method. <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. He's 
he's taking a very typical teenage boy route here. Yeah, uh, so completely teenage boy. Absolutely. And I, I, give, I forgive him for that mm-hmm. far, for sure. Uh, so then he gets all, well, I'm not a dead guy, so I guess you wouldn't be interested. And yeah, I say that and all the time. no longer I mean, teenage boy. I say... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I say that all the time in the podcast, Sander, but I'm not trying to go out with Buffy. It's Never true. say that kind of thing to her face. Dude. Seriously. <laughs> so Buffy, again, very gently tells him that he's being harsh and the words I'm sorry come out of his mouth, but it's just to try to make her feel guilty about all the rejection he's had. And dude, stop now, <laughs> please. <laughs> You're embarrassing everyone. <laughs> well, this is—it's uh, a little bit of a holdover. We see holdovers from enchantments before, but it's almost like a little bit of the hyena sneaks out. A little bit. Yeah, it's like he's well, because so what the hyena, hyena did was uh, the hyena amplified what was already there. You That's know. true. <laughs> well, and we know that Xander has a large character arc. Yes, he doesn't start out great. And we um, and we and I love that. And even in this episode, he's going to arc magnificently. He does, yeah. Because yeah. Buffy makes him want to be a better man. Right. Exactly. And I think that's what he's fallen in love with. Yeah. Well, and he loves the superhero. He loves. He, the superhero. he is not good with the human girl, <laughs> but he loves the superhero. Well, he's he not only good with any human girl. Yeah. Exactly. Or demon girls. <laughs> <laughs> he's bad with all the girls. I I love Xander and Anya. Okay, they are adorable, but because yeah. Anya's like slaps him and <laughs> slaps him that's down true, and stuff, yeah. that's what he needs. Well, and and she really needs his blunt. Like, <laughs> right. we don't do it like that, hun. Exactly. Yeah. She, so they she, work. She needs someone to to die him sex when he gets out of line, and mm-hmm. she needs someone to be like, that's not what humans do. They're just oh, like right. d- we've all known that couple that we can't figure out who on earth either one of these people could ever be stood by. <laughs> Thank God they're together. And then, yeah, and then they so they're not get menacing together, the like, general oh, population. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're blissfully happy for the rest of their lives. And it's great. It's true. Yeah. So Buffy tries to apologize. Don't apologize, Buffy. Don't ever apologize. Well, she's taking everything She's being shoulders. so sweet about this. Yeah, she is. And <laughs> she's really hurt. Like, she's hurting. She, it, yeah, she is hurting mm-hmm. a lot because she never wanted this to happen. And, and of course, he ends things with a let's just not and walks away. And Buffy looks after him very sadly. And anybody miss being a teenager? Neither do I. Yeah, seriously. That is, <laughs> so I'm Buddhist. And that's my biggest fear about reincarnation. Oh, fuck that. Seriously. Being a teenager that's mine, again. too. Like, I better not be reincarnated. <laughs> yeah, I'll be so right? fucking pissed like, if I'm reincarnated. Can I, just, can I just find enlightenment this life so I can never be a teenager? I'll be a kid. I'll be in my 20s. I'll be in my 30s. I'll do the whole thing. Can I just skip the teens? I'll just opt out of the whole thing. I'll be, I'm, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay whatever this hell dimension is that rather than be a teenager again because fuck that <laughs> is a hell dimension i mean even cordy is miserable well, I mean, yeah, high school is hell right. that's the whole, the whole that's show. absolutely that's yeah. that is the set piece so giles is on the phone with angel yeah. <laughs> i didn't realize angel had a phone i know i, I mean of, of course angel has a phone and that but that also means that he's really a more legit kind of I mean, he has an income and some legal documents instead of just being a very sophisticated squatter with nice art. And well, and Snart and I have a whole theory about demon banks we won't get into right now. But I mean, we don't. OK, we don't know it's Angel on the phone, but I can't imagine another situation in which uh, Giles would tell the other person to visit him after sundown unless he's yeah. planning on well, sending himself a stripogram. Again, in here, we have another one of those really unusual angles mm-hmm. of the library. We're showing this actually from like Giles's wall looking out into the library. Um, and I think all these unusual angles is really like the, the library is Giles. Yes. Up until the end of this episode where he disowns the library to right. a certain degree, um, the library is Giles. It's his yes. representation. And so we're actually showing like the inner workings of Giles with all these different angles and the different ways of looking at things. And he does look um, very exposed at all these shots. He, he, really looks, he looks so naked. And the yeah. way he's acting it is he's just so raw and it's gorgeous. Yeah. And thanks to the remaster, we can see that he actually is wrinkled. 
Like not very him. wrinkled. Like, yeah, but his clothes are wrinkled. And not just the collar deal, but like the yeah. whole thing. No, he doesn't have the collar <laughs> boink. Um but yeah, and he's stubbly. He has like a five o'clock shadow going on. Yep. Yeah. Which and is he, pretty, yeah, he looks terrible. His hair's sexy. all and I'm supposed crazy. to be feeling bad for him, but he's really sexy that way. Well Jenny Calendar, who yeah. pops in and leans enticingly against the doorframe and probably agree with you. Carrying so. red folders. Yes. And she has a little bit of red in her sweater. Yes. But yes. I like the red folders because that's one of those like this is a thing. Like, hi, because yeah. folders, are not, folders are not usually red. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and she's carrying something important, which it is. Right. It's helpful. So uh, not only has she noticed that Giles is rumpled, but also that he's in the same clothes as yesterday. Now, I work from home these days, but I spent a good 17 years working in offices of different types, and my coworkers could have worn the same outfit every day, and I wouldn't have noticed, nor would they have noticed with me. So this is a clear sign that Jenny is digging the Giles. <laughs> well, how could you not? I know. <laughs> Uh, he says he's not really up to chatting and she asks him about the freaky portents that are going on like a cat giving birth to snakes well the end is very fucking nigh okay but do you think they were little furry snakes like (laughs) (laughs) with little cat ears I've actually wanted the same I really want one (laughs) you want a little cat snake I want a little cat snake with little cat ears and fur do you think it would play with the mouse before it ate it oh (laughs) it depends I've had paws it would just like do the little bitey flippy oh that'd be so cute <laughs> so if anybody's going through an apocalypse and has some cat snakes send them over please <laughs> yeah we'll take the cat snakes yeah. <laughs> i'm really good with reptiles <laughs> or or mammals or whatever they'd be i'm not yeah. sure what they would be it, it would be a um, cat snake um um mamtile nice yeah yeah Ra- a, a reptile <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry. Anyway, <clears throat> so okay. So there's also a boiling lake and a very odd birth defect. Uh, so she's identified these as signs of the apocalypse, and sounds right. And unfortunately, this is the first of many apocalypses. But sadly, it's her only one. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's sad. So Giles explains that he isn't sure he can trust her, and boy, all of a sudden his collar is getting a little weird. I don't know. And yeah, it, it is kind of getting weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and it, it funny, was... he knows he can't trust her. On, on a, this on a actually, basic well, I mean, level. even just on this, but yeah, like this is a little foreshadowing, I think. Yeah, well, there was some in the first episode they had together um, as well because he had, had just asked, you know, who are you? Oh, that's very yeah. true. Yeah, who? Yeah, so there's a he's a he instinctively he should listen to his inner yeah his ripper. big brain yeah he should listen to his <laughs> big, big brain, brain about know. this. She, she's real attractive. It would be very hard to listen to the big brain. <laughs> if everyone was asexual, these things wouldn't happen. <laughs> true. No, that's not true. It's not true at well, all. Well, we'd have different problems. <laughs> we'd have different like reproduction. <laughs> yeah. might be an Look, issue. A- asexuals still reproduce. Well, we just I divide know. in half and make a little mini me. <laughs> 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 so uh in her in her her rebuttal uh, i guess the non-trusting thing uh she reminds him about the internet demon she helped with him with in i robot you jane she admits that she's scared which is actually seems pretty unusual for her she seems pretty stoic about this kind of thing and she says that the a monk from cortona emailed her uh about the anointed one those sneaky ass monks again also featured in i robot you jane the monks oh, from cortona right. yep same monks but those were, I mean, a long time ago, but they're still there. Still, nice catch. Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> Plus, uh, you know, there are those local monks that will show up to mess with Buffy later in the series. They're still reminding us that monks are a thing. Uh, Giles insists that the anointed one is dead, and we all remember that they don't know about that damn kid. Well, shit. Yeah, the one who's always wearing red. <laughs> yeah. I might add. Yeah, for sure. Like, he's wearing... He's got that zippy. Yeah. Yeah, it's he's called got... a hoodie. 
it's a little it's a zippy hoodie because this i'm right now i am wearing a hoodie but it you is are more, but it does Which not have a zippy. The studio audience cannot see right but it is a zipless hoodie yeah so the ones as you may have been able <laughs> so the, the ones with the, the the zippers i always call zippies <laughs> i feel like that must be british or something but it's not it's just you it's cute it's just me i know but it's, it's just, just like, it's, it's just, like and weird it, well, it's like <laughs> you could put on your wellies and your zippy yeah it's the rain yeah, exactly yeah it works yeah <laughs> Gentle British listeners, you can take that one if you want. Yeah, please do. <laughs> so, There's no uh, trademark on that. <laughs> yeah. So Jenny Callender rather understandably would like more information, and Giles totally snaps at her in a non-snarky flirting kind of way. Like, he really snaps, and she gives him a, really? Hell no, you did not just do that kind of look. And he gets all blinky and British and says he'll tell her everything later. <laughs> <laughs> the look on her face is so great. Like, I don't think you just wanted to do that to me. <laughs> Oh, no, you didn't. Puts him right back in his place. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a little bit more of the shipping for me. Yeah. Because I I feel like I always want couples to be the ones that can call each other out on their shit. And those two, you must be happy. (laughs) Not for long. I know. Uh, It's sad. It is sad. Because they're so cute. Anyway. Cordelia and Kevin are making plans to help set up the dance. And she's... Cordelia co- totally channeling Buffy right now. <laughs> yeah, she is. Like, she's got the leopard print, like the awkward leopard print purse even, <laughs> and yeah, the black is. strappy tank top. And yeah, yeah she's like... She, she's... Well, there's a little intermingling of the shadow self and Buffy. Just a little we'll bit. We'll see a lot more later. Yeah. Uh, so she's going to meet him uh, at the bronze in the morning, and he's being cute, and she's totally into him, which, since she lives in Sunnydale and she's been within a few feet of Buffy, means he's going to die a lot. Oh. oh, Cordy intercepts a rather surprised Willow, unsuccessfully trying to butter her up. They respect each other, though. <laughs> Try that long. <laughs> so she, she's like, Is this going to work? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's the same approach she takes with Buffy, too. Yeah, it is. She's right? got to try it. She's got to opening volley, and then she's like, oh, okay, this is what I really want. Yeah, totally. She's like, hey, I like your hair. It's, oh, never mind. Yeah, this is what I need. Yeah. Yeah, and she recruits, recruits Willow to help her with the sound at the dance, and, and, and Cordy is, is just... For her, she's incredibly nice here, and that's cute. I mean, yeah, she needed a favor, but it's still cute, and she could have turned up the bitch about 20% more and still got what she wanted. showing how happy she is with Kevin. Right, and how she's integrated herself into the group, which is fantastic. Yeah, totally. And um, so Willow sees Xander pouting in one of the classrooms. He appears to be doing the kind of pouting that teenagers do when they really want attention. Oh, because he's so holding Caulfield <laughs> right, right now. Right, isn't he? He just I mean, needs a red hat to be a phony. I know, I know. I mean, he's got the door open, and he's yeah. angrily bouncing a tennis ball standing right in front of the open door. Seriously, and he's wearing... Now, let's let's just talk about the costuming decision right here. Because it throws me that he and Buffy in the rejection scene match. Right. That throws me. But now he's just, like, blending into the background. So I don't know if they were choosing his costume to match Buffy's, or if I don't know if they were choosing it to make him seem to fade away. That's a good question. Yeah, because it kind of threw me. Because the way she lets him down... I can read in two ways. I can read it in, I really care about you, but I don't care about you like that. Like, I like you, but I don't like like you. Right. Or I actually could feel this way about you, but I can't because of Willow. Right. Like, I can read it both ways. Like, she's not going to let herself feel that way. Yeah, totally. Not even think about it as a possibility because she's a good friend. Yeah, totally. Because well, for this episode, (laughs) for this episode, she's (laughs) for a a moment. Put a pin in that one. Um, (laughs) Because she actually seems to flirt with him a little bit at the beginning. And then there's a few really touching moments later on where it's almost yeah. like they re- acknowledge that there was a thing. Right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, gentle listeners, this is one of those, I think it's really up for interpretation. I would love to hear what you think. Absolutely. Um, about, like, does 
she actually likes Xander and just won't let herself go there? Is she just blindsided? Um, you know, like, what do you think about this? Because yeah. I'm really on the fence. The first time I watched it, I thought she really had feelings for Xander, and she's just because of the way, how fast she says, I don't feel that way. Right. Um, but then well, but in then subsequent then, but then watchings? Well, yeah, I mean, and you watch it again, and you get a different interpretation. Like, she does the deep breath before, and she's like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to hurt him. I have to say it, but I'm going to hurt him. So there are different ways to interpret that whole scene and their outfits, and pretty much their whole relationship yeah, up totally. to a certain point. Um, I mean, fundamentally, I don't think they're compatible, mostly because, I mean... Xander has a tendency to damsel Buffy oh, or yeah. or do the superhero worship one or the other. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're not compatible, but that's never stopped Buffy from <laughs> dating somebody if and they're not compatible. would still be a better choice than Riley. Uh, yeah. Like even as yeah. his dickish self in that oh, yeah. moment. Yeah. The worst, worst Xander is better than Riley. Absolutely. It's better than best Riley. One click less than best Riley. When okay. Riley's talking about cheese, he's pretty damn cute. Oh. <laughs> Okay, you make a fair point. Yeah, but that isn't... I, re- that I isn't, lost myself in all the concussions. Yeah, but that isn't relationship, Riley. That's, that's wanting that to date. That is pre-relationship, right. Riley. And as we know, relationships change people. Right. And, we'll, and so, we'll yeah. We'll see some really good examples of that soon. <laughs> yeah, so so I would say that uh, worst Xander is better than relationship, Riley. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah. so Buffy doesn't care about compatibility as we move on through the series. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think she cares more about Willow because she's kind of desperate yeah. to feel like a girl and date anybody. Right. I mean, Owen... I know it's true. Case in point, um, so and I think she might have been willing to go there if it wasn't for Willow. Right. I'm going to stick to that theory. I, I think I think that might be true. I mean, and yeah, she has feelings for Angel, but if Willow wasn't around, I think she I would yeah. I think she would try to well, date and, Xander. And then on the metaphorical level, she's actually rejecting her heart, which she does all the time. Yeah, which yeah. Is, I mean that's oh, yeah. that's normal. Yeah, Buffy does. It. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but it's interesting that she does it right before she dies. Yes. There's something there's, really interesting. And in there's that. some good there's some good metaphor work coming up with those folks as well. Okay. Um so uh Willow I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> so after seeing Xander uh pouting, uh Willow oh, Willow check the sign behind her. Oh yeah. Oh it yeah. Says, as, as, just soon as, she, say no. as soon as she goes in the room. Yeah. So yeah. she she kind of agrees to help Cordy and da, 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 and then she goes to ask Xander how it went with Buffy and indeed she walks in the room and right behind her it says just say yeah, no on a sign. Like she is hitting her mark and it's right behind her yep. and she's standing kind of in the door too. So yep. she's in an exit. She's intentionally intentionally framing that with her that they right really behind were. her. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah. We could give this this the every frame of painting treatment and it would be <laughs> so perfect. It's true. If you haven't watched every frame of painting, go watch it. Oh yeah. It'll teach you more about watching film than you ever really wanted to know but it changes the way you see it and it, it really gives you an insight in, in how much work goes into something like this oh, it absolutely. isn't just to set it up and make yeah. everybody stand it you you really there's such art to how they, they there frame is, yeah. this stuff. i i will link the one for um drive because that's my favorite in the show notes nice yeah uh, if you haven't watched drive oh go watch it <laughs> so uh xander says on a scale of one to ten it sucked yes well Rejection always sucks, Xander. But the way Buffy did it, I'd give it like a five right at the upper end of no, but we could still be friends. Um, there wasn't even any laughing in your face or anything. It was really nice. I mean. Do you need to share a story of rejection with the class? <laughs> college. So. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> so. Willow asks what Buffy said and Xander thinks that the only thing that matters is that she said no. Well. 
if you weren't friends with her, Xander, I suppose you could make a case for that. But it totally matters. You're friends with her. It does, yeah. These are This is someone you talk to every day. Every day. Whatever, Xander. So Xander boos and who's some more. And then I think that the part of Xander's brain uh, that feels empathy has surfed away on a wave, a wave of teenage boy hormones. Because then he tries to take advantage of Willow's feelings for him, which are just like his feelings for Buffy. This is, this is Hyena again. Oh, yeah. And th- this is, I mean, from the pack... We know that he knows about Willow's feelings. And so he thinks that she's a, a sure thing to go to the dance with him. And oh, She just says no. Oh, man. And oh, Xander. Oh, Xander. <laughs> and we didn't, we didn't even have to say that to you for several episodes, buddy. But now it's back. <laughs> yes. Not the last time. <laughs> so uh, Willow, in her nice way, just says no. She yeah. tells him to stick it and reminds him about the whole temporary lack of empathy thing. He admits he wasn't thinking, and Willow continues to be awesome and just tells him she'll see him it's Monday. True. Which, this rejection is a harsh one. It's <laughs> deserved. Oh, yes. It is a deserved harsh rejection. But Xander, compare and contrast. Yes, exactly. Buffy, While you listen to very, the music very of nice. pain. Yes. <laughs> he says, indeed, he's going to listen to country music, the music of pain. And this delivery cracks me up yeah, every time. it's pretty good. He's, he nails it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to like, play in my head that this was the first and only take. Because it's so perfect. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> so, at this point in the episode, Buffy's mind is in turmoil and her heart and spirit both want something they can't have. And this will become reality for Buffy herself in just a few seconds. Ooh. So, Buffy is getting a steak out of her locker and even she seems surprised at how little <laughs> the other students care about that. <laughs> and, like, she's she's pulling the vampire out of the, the closet right there. Like, again, yeah. we are yeah. uncloseting the Slayerness. Yeah. And she's wearing full Slayer gear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if she was going to Pride... You know, if we're doing the uh, Slayer Pride, yeah, Slayer yep. Pride, uh, she would be wearing like the tinsel bikini <laughs> and the uh, the fuzzy UGG boots right, with rainbow legs. Yeah, neck. totally, like the whole thing. Yeah, she's wearing she's wearing black with a little bit of white in there yeah. because we're about to see Angel, so we got to match Angel. Yep, yep. Uh, and then black leather jacket. Yep. Yeah, hair up, and, ready to slay. And she, and she looks at them and she looks at the steak and she's like, "Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ." <laughs> So she goes in the bathroom and she notices a lot of blood, you know, streaming out of the bathroom faucet. And I'm not well versed in my apocalyptic portents, but that seems like one to me. It's true. Yeah. Or an episode of CSI. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Slayer <laughs> CSI for it's sure. True. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the best show ever. Really oh my God. <laughs> Buddy cop movie with Buffy and Faith. Oh, no. oh this and must then, happen. And then the, the dumb, um, <laughs> like the dumb kind of sidekick bros are angel and xander <laughs> the ones that are like we'll help you little lady and they're all fuck off yeah, and the, and the dumb rookie is shut up kennedy <laughs> uh, so buffy uh it's of course as buffy is completely not freaked out she's like oh well, that's yeah, weird giles so, you're not gonna believe this yeah, like she's excited yeah, to share this with her watcher <laughs> because normally giles would be like oh hell mouth yeah <laughs> Yeah, as always with gory stuff, Buffy's not bothered, which is great. I love that about her character, oh, yeah. that like she isn't she some... always stares it in the face. Oh, yeah. She, or I mean, the she's a slayer. Headless. You know? <laughs> yeah, just... she's, exactly. She's the slayer. She looks at morgue photos. She's not going shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, she hurries into the library to give Giles a report and sees Angel, and she's happy to see him, clearly, and she overhears Giles and Angel arguing about the prophecy, and Angel thinks there's no way Giles translated it correctly, but Giles says that it's extremely clear that the Master is going to rise and the Slayer is going to die, period. And poor Buffy. She looks like her whole everything has gone numb. 
She laughs and stumbles, and she tells them that she remembers when she was called, and she remembers that another girl had to die for that to happen, and it's pretty unusual for Buffy to talk about this, and she's clearly in shock. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised she doesn't bring up her old watcher. I know, me too. Yeah. Um, probably almost, and then you know, Giles mm-hmm. kind of interrupts her. So she asks Giles if uh, he will be the new Slayer's watcher, or if she'll get a different watcher, and fuck if I know, it seems pretty random later on. <laughs> True. Could be anybody. Could be some rogue demon hunter. <laughs> <laughs> She's worried that it will hurt, and I would be too. Angel tries to comfort her, but Buffy pulls away, probably for about a thousand different reasons, including how one of his kind is going to kill her. Yeah, it's probably not going to help. No, no touchies. Evil vampire person. Uh, She wonders if Giles was even going to tell her, and he says he was looking for a loophole, and Buffy has one. She's out. No more slang. She quits. Angel, as we will find out later, an expert in the perils of avoidance. Points out that it isn't so much that simple since it's a prophecy and Buffy yells at him that she's making it that simple. This is probably a good time to bring up Oedipus Rex. Angel wasn't there when they performed it during the puppet show, but I'm sure he's read it. (laughs) (laughs) The whole point in that particular play is that Oedipus, by trying to avoid his fate, actually fulfills it. So they told us all the way back in that episode that avoidance is not a good solution for Buffy in this situation. Giles tries to tell Buffy that she's pretty much the only thing between the world and the apocalypse, and she throws books at him and tells him he isn't being a helper right now so much. Yeah. Oh, and his acting. Oh, man. Oh, he just is all these so folks. destroyed. I know. And it's, yeah, and he this just, scene takes is just it. This scene with all three of them is just electric. Yeah. I oh, mean, they are just, really they bring is. it so yeah. hard. And um, as part of Giles' nightmare from Nightmares comes true, his inability to save Buffy this time is tied to his ability to read, although in a more subtle way, of course. No. And, I didn't uh, notice that. Yeah. Wow. And uh, Angel tries for a pep talk, but Buffy is done. She pulls off the cross Angel gave her, saying she doesn't care. She's 16 doesn't want to die. She throws the cross on the floor and leaves. And, and that picture of the cross on the floor the, the is whole, just... It's, it's just so masterful. stunning. This is, I mean, I can go on and on about Joss Whedon, but his visuals, mm-hmm. his eye, just gets me in the feels. Yep. He knows exactly how to deliver. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, so uh, Willow tries to call Xander, who is indeed listening to country music. Patsy <laughs> Klein, even. Patsy <laughs> Klein is the hard looker of country music sadness, this, I have to this say. This is one of our little <laughs> funny cutaways. Yes. And the, and the show is so good at just giving you a moment to breathe. Yeah. Just intensity, breathing. It yeah. makes it so you don't laugh during the serious scenes later because we all we are humans. We have to get rid of some tension. We'll go into that so much more in later episodes because it's we just will, beautiful the yeah, way they do it. This episode does a couple ones that are really, oh, yeah. <laughs> really, really well placed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, Xander, though, won't answer and takes a, the phone off the hook. Um, I don't know if it's the best idea when you need to be on call for vampires and demons, but okay. And yeah, interesting. But he's self-absorbed right now. Well, and the metaphors. Uh, it's interesting that Buffy's spirit is trying to reach out to her heart, but her heart is having none of it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, this show. I know. <laughs> I know it's so this good, show. isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's just so intricate. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I know we're missing like 45% yeah, of really this stuff, are. too. Please find the things we're missing. Yeah. We want to get um, all of it eventually. Yeah. So we will, we will happily go back and do a, re, a redo of a couple totally. of scenes or something. You find something. Absolutely. Well, that's interesting. So we see white playing a role. In, when we go back to the color psychology going on, we see white playing a role a lot um, right. later on. So, you know, I made a comment earlier that I'm like, I'm surprised the phone isn't red because this is right. where we're having red in every scene. This is right in the middle of it. Um, just look for it yourself. I'm not going to mention it. Um, but now, since it is that it's a peace offering, she's trying to reach him to make things better. I wonder right. if the color of the phone isn't just a decision to make it stand out on his bed, um, <laughs> but like a symbol of that. Yeah. 
Interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because that could have been any color, but I don't remember a lot of those phones being white. No, they're usually some terrible color. Yeah, like the, the 70s green. Yeah. That's what I was thinking green. too. And sometimes, a couple times white. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, at home, Buffy is looking through a photo album and I tried, but I can't really see what's in there. Uh, Joyce has noticed that Buffy isn't eating very much. No signs of the hungries and or hornies so far this week, but the show <laughs> is setting us up to notice something later. Buffy thinks that she and Joyce really need to go away for the, for the weekend, but Joyce points out that she has to work. Buffy is clearly very upset, and she is crying. And Joyce is sure this is some teenage girl going to the dance drama, and there's no way for Joyce to know what's really going on with Buffy, and the dance thing is as fair a guess as anything. Um, but Buffy really isn't much of a crier, or at least not in this point in the show, and I don't blame her for crying any of the times that she does later either, so don't get me wrong on that one, but... When is the last time Joyce saw Buffy really crying like this? I yeah, mean, that's a good point. Well, she's, she's stoic as hell. And her costuming is also kind of shut off. We've mm-hmm. got blues and blacks, so she's oh Joyce's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, Buffy's, Buffy's and Buffy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's in all black still. You know, like she was in the in the library. No, no time to change. Right. <laughs> um, but no, Joyce's. She's in the colors of being cut off from the rest of the cast. She's wearing yeah. blue and black, which is kind of like a removal. Yeah, um, away from everything. Yeah, but, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, and it's, yeah. I mean, seriously, Joyce. I know you're trying your best, but there's something wrong with your kid That's right true. now. Yeah, but she she cannot let herself get deeper. Right. If she goes deeper, she might have to acknowledge what she's already known about her daughter for a while. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, she has to stay surface. Also, we get that great little story. I know. <laughs> the, the little window into the Joyce that was. Oh, yeah, that's, that's coming up in just a second. <laughs> uh, so uh, Joyce does very much to her credit, however, pull out a ninja mom move and shows Buffy that she bought her a dress for the dance. And she actually paid attention to Buffy oh, long yeah, enough Buff- to see Buffy her Buffy was like eyeing dress. that dress, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and uh, without, without Buffy having the Slayer hungries, Joyce was able to save enough money to get it. And I do believe this might be the first time Joyce isn't trying to force like a teddy bear down Buffy's throat. So this is... A- <laughs> She doesn't touch yeah. anything fluffy. It's true. I mean, this is an interesting turning point metaphorically, and and Joyce seems to recognize that. There's a rite of passage coming up for Buffy in her journey towards adulthood and slayerhood, and even Joyce knows it, even though she thinks it's because of the dance. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's I love the costuming decision because we do have Buffy in all black, and then this all white, gorgeous, mm-hmm. like very virginal looking gown. Very baptismal virginal. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. Totally. <laughs> also very um very Ophelia. Oh yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah. We that got might another come up again. We got another coming up. Yeah. We got my crazy Ophelia coming up. So <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Vampire Ophelia on the way. <laughs> We're very excited. So, uh Joyce says that Buffy should go stag. That's what Joyce did in college and led to her stealing Tank away from his date. <laughs> go Joyce. <laughs> I hope we get to see this Joyce Sunday. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Buffy asks if Joyce uh, felt like she had her whole life ahead of her at that point and then observes that it must be nice. And this is Joyce. I know. This but- is the kind of thing you should be listening for if you have a teenager whom you, as it is revealed later in the show, previously thought had a mental illness. (laughs) Very true. Although I have this moment here when she says must be nice and it almost feels like the Slayer spirit speaking through Buffy. Oh, interesting. Like there's this deeper, you know, kind of like um, like the symbiont Mm -hmm. in Deep Space Nine where every now and then the symbiont is what's talking and not necessarily because yeah, all the slayers throughout history would have no idea what that's like yeah, at all. That's true. Yeah, they've no one has had their full life ahead of them. They've right. all had short, brutal ones. Yeah. And so it almost feels like this deep 
like echo through all the generations of slayers that haven't had that. Ooh, that's interesting. And yeah, it's just it. It to me, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah, every that time. one does every time for me yeah. too. And she just looks so resigned and she sad. Does, yeah, and, and it's it's just like you know, like we talked about reincarnation a little bit ago. You know, like suddenly becoming cogent of the fact that you're going to die again. Right. You know, I wonder if if a slayer ever lived to live to die a natural death, if they were able to live a whole life, would that end the slayer life? No, I think they'd fire another one up. Yeah. <laughs> we need slayers. That's, Otherwise, we, we all get slayers. eaten by I vampires. Wonder, like, I wonder if that could be like the true love's kiss of slayerdom, you know? Well, now there's a ton running around, so that's never going to happen. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Come on. It's a it, fun fight of it, fancy. Now, it, now it's like a pyramid scheme. Like, one to get 20 slayers, <laughs> and they all fire off it's other like slayers. Terra. Like, we get like... <laughs> Like half the population is going to be slayers in the next that's hundred true. years. Yeah, that's very true. But still, I like the idea that the slayer line would end. But then if, all the vampires would eat us. I know, but that's just if she lived all the way through. Right. Like, oh, if to, oh I see. So there, to, yeah. there are few enough vampires in the world that mm-hmm. you would not need the slayer anymore. Yeah, like she was able to live into old age. Gotcha. It's almost like that. That would be the time bomb on the on the curse of the slayer gotcha let's not even call it a gift right now let's call it a curse but they're badasses i, I love know, slayers they are badasses we should always have slayers very sad it is sad yeah so like it's what better if... just to kill all the vampires so we can still have slayers who oh. are super powered and still live normal just lives let me have my fairy tale here that <laughs> 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 there's an end it's like achieving enlightenment if you can actually live to be like 80 and have fat grandchildren and all that stuff and die of a natural death well then couldn't vampires just lock the slayer on an island or something and, and make her live her full lifespan? And we then... didn't give them that prophecy. <laughs> they have different prophecies. Well, prophecies have wiggle room. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do. A lot, a lot, a lot of, yeah, of wiggle, room. Of wiggle yeah. room. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, sorry. In, in school the next day, Cordy is telling Willow that Kevin never dropped off the stuff he was supposed to at the bronze, and she's too smitten to be pissed, though. And that surprises her more than anyone. Uh, Willow seems rather delighted by this new Cordelia, and they're really cute. Yeah, <laughs> but there is big. Red well, yeah, they them. they spot the folks in the AV room or whatever it is, and everything looks normal. They're just chilling on the couch and watching cartoons. Though it's probably kind of distracting to have that bloody handprint on the TV, isn't it? That's weird. That's sort of a kid-sized handprint. Right? Yeah, that's huh. Yeah, so um, that doesn't so, look like pizza sauce. Yeah, so Cordy and Willow declare that they are annoyed and furious, respectively. They are so adorable together. We see a shot from inside the room, and everyone is very dead with Kevin's body propped oh against God. the door. Like the 24-hour oh, yeah. like red it's, neon sign in the back. And yeah, and, and Cordelia opens cool. the door, and Kevin falls backwards, and Cordy screams and tries to see if there's anything she can do for him, but it's clear that she can't. Willow is horrified and steps into the room to survey the damage and probably check for survivors. And this is a beautifully creepy tableau. It is. And it's the first time we see real death. Yeah. And, I mean, especially the kid on the right side of the couch with his eyes open and the gal in the very back of the room... So creepy. Yeah. Freaky. So creepy. And this is, you know, we've we've crossed that line into actually being able to recognize the people that have died. Yeah. And, it's, and how and it's, they died. It's shocking compared to the, I mean, we've had violence and dead bodies on the show, but this is the the most stunning and shocking scene yeah. so far. It is. So it's, we kind of get into, we get an idea of what Willow's talking about later with Buffy. Mm-hmm. And perfectly constructed. Yeah. Again, just another gorgeous shot. Yeah. Willow stares at the handprint and it's clearly yeah, freaked. And that's, I like that they chose the three little pigs. Yeah, and the, yeah, and the cartoon. Yeah, like yeah. the whole meaning behind the three little pigs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Puff and I'll puff. Good choice. And I can't watch that cartoon anymore. I mean, it was creepy to begin with, but I saw it on TV like 
couple of years ago, I was at a gas station or something. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> nope. Clean off the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Buffy is trying on her dress, and as everyone in the episode agrees, she does look lovely. Uh, Joyce rushes, rushes in and reports that something is on the news and something is up with Willow. Willow tells Buffy about what they found. She says it was different from what they run into before and explains that the vampires had taken that piece of the world from them. She asks Buffy what they're going to do, and Buffy makes her decision in that moment, as Sid the Demon Hunter did from the puppet show. And as Buffy will many, many times in the future, she tells Willow they'll do what they have to do and makes her promise to stay in. Willow compliments Buffy's dress, which does look even more fabulous under the awesome leather jacket or leather shirt or whatever. Uh, Buffy tells her to take care, which clearly means goodbye. And yeah. you can tell this freaks Willow out. The master tries, um, tries out his force field uh, just, and says he'll be out soon. The anointed one leaves to do more evil on the surface. In the library, Giles is gathering his weapons and Jenny Calendar is recapping the story of the Hellmouth and the Master, very helpfully, because it has been <laughs> since the first episode that we really discussed this. Uh, she also knows... fairy. Yeah, exactly. She does great. Yeah. <laughs> and she's also, we, we know she's not in danger um, because she's also in Joyce Colors. Oh, very nice. Not yet. So, yeah. Mm. That's true, yeah. So we've, we've even put her in like blue and black stripes. Yeah, responsible So just visually adult. we know like we don't even have to worry about her. She's yeah. going to be fine. Very nice. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so she uh, also throws in another call back to the first episode. Remember when Angel said he thought Buffy would be taller? Jenny Callender mentions that Buffy is just teeny tiny for an ass-kicking slayer. <laughs> and she I is. do love that line. Yeah, I know. It's like, she's so tiny. <laughs> also, the monk she's been getting information from has disappeared after sending out a reference to Isaiah 11.6. She looked it up, but Giles already has it memorized. It's the whole little child to lead them part. Giles, uh, I don't know how Jenny Callender doesn't just jump in right there because that was hot. Oh, yeah. Well, he's also... I'm going to talk about Giles. He's wearing a full red vest now. Yes, he is. He's got his, yeah. it's like the red sweater thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's a red sweater vest. That will be important um, in the next episode, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Glad you saw that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, look at you. Totally. But yeah, so this is, it's changed his role. He's no longer yeah. like half red. He's got the full red vest yeah. going on. Because of what he's going to try to do here. Totally. Yeah, Giles uh, recalls that the Slayer will not know the Anointed One, and he will lead her into hell. However, we're already past that part um, about Buffy not knowing the Anointed One, so she will recognize him before he leads her to hell. I realize that's still not terribly fun. Uh, but the important part is they'll know the anointed one is a little kid. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Giles tells Jenny that he's going to go up against the master instead of Buffy. But Buffy comes in and tells him she's back in the game. She also heard that the part about the kid. Uh, Giles insists that he's going to fight the master. And much the same way as Sid passed on Buffy's offer to kill the demon in the puppet show, Buffy refuses to let him. Oh, the, uh, Sid was wearing a red shirt. Oh. The whole episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, just a ton of callbacks to the puppet show. It's true. And yeah. Sid. I mean, this is a, this is Buffy's example. One example she's had from that's true. So well, from a colleague, well you know, because we usually, you know, in watching Buffy, kind of go, uh, puppet show. <laughs> oh, it has so much good stuff. Yeah, it has Holy so much crap. good. Yeah. Like, this this is this is what Buffy models a ton of her Slayer behavior on Sid. Mm-hmm. No, it's very. She learned true. a lot from him. Even in that tiny conversation they had, she learned, she absorbed, and he's kind of. I mean, he's inspired her to do this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's very true. And I don't think. She meets many other equals like him. None that she'll sit down and talk to. Yeah, she true. she tends to be really competitive with them. But but Sid was she the does, one yeah. where she actually well, she's either competitive with them or she's fighting them. Right, because exactly. other people who could offer her that kind of knowledge are usually the ones she's trying to kill. Right, yeah, on the vampire <laughs> side and the demon side, yeah. absolutely. And then you know she meets the slayers and doesn't like them. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I mean it, it. It was really nice that Buffy could have that moment before uh, life and slaying and her other her own issues that she has interfered. Yeah, very true. Yeah, it was kind of like a little oasis for her for a minute there when she was starting out. Yeah. Um. So they argue about it for a bit with uh, Giles getting very very close to Nina Nina territory and Buffy. <laughs> 
and Buffy being extremely calm and mature, I gotta say. Jenny Callender looks like she's watching a tennis match, which is hilarious. <laughs> she totally does. <laughs> and Buffy finally ends the argument Slayer style with punching Giles in the face and knocking him out. <laughs> Buffy really does use just use violence for everything. I have no objections to that whatsoever. <laughs> well, it, it's a great KO on Giles. Like he kind of oh, wavers for a minute. Wha pow. Yeah. Very clean. Yeah. Yeah. That's like glass jaw territory right yeah, there. Well, That's he kind of already, but yeah. yeah, she just capitalizes on Giles' well, tendency. She, she compresses those nerves up in there. That's yeah, she knows one. what she's doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jenny Callender hurries over to see if Giles is okay while Buffy calmly puts her cross necklace back on. She tells Jenny to tell Giles she said something cool. Oh, Jenny, I love that. I know. Isn't that great? Yeah, because that's what I'd have to do. I can never come up with anything cool in the I'd moment. I'd have to have lines already written out on my hand or something. And be like, yeah, uh, totally. Tell, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the kind of person that <laughs> I have a conversation. Seven, no, not that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the kind of person. I wake up at like 4 a.m. and go, oh, that's what I should have said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I actually, sometimes I text them. <laughs> anyway. Which is good. Just write them down at the time, and then you can consult them if you ever have to go off and go. kill yeah. an evil vampire. Uh, so Jenny reminds her that she's going to die if she fights the master, and Buffy picks up her crossbow and says that maybe she will, but maybe she'll take him with her in the process. Buffy and her crossbow meet up with the anointed one outside, and she's like, yeah, yeah, enough of the scared kid, scared kid routine. She, and uh, we're finally done with the red. Interesting, Now right? we have green lights on the outside of the school. Yeah, because she's made a decision. She has. She's made a decision. The hard part's over. the opposite of red. Yep. Also got like a stoplight theme going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, Buffy pointedly says to him, I know who you are. And what do we make of that? I mean, I, I read it as her sort of announcing she isn't fooled and is going to do yeah, her death that. I voluntarily. I also think it's, um, she's really good at thwarting prophecy. Oh, so maybe she's calling out the prophecy. Yeah, like, I'm totally going along like, with this. He's but all up in his role. He's like, will you help me? And she's like, ah, just take me. Yeah, suck it, kid. Yeah, Whatever. totally. Like, I know. And, but she's not supposed to know who he is. But that are, that part of the prophecy already passed. That's though. true. Because well, we she already didn't know who he was. That's true. So but I think, now she sees him, and she does know who he is. So right. I, th- I mean, I think she's. I think she's kind of telling the prophecy sort of defiantly, like "fuck you, prophecy." Yeah. I'm waiting to see how this shakes out, but I'm not doing this because you told me to. I have, I have defiance that, disorder, so I relate to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's also it's you know she is fully accepting her fate. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it is completely like I'm in. I'm going to do this, and this is how she enters every fight that she's going to yeah. win. Sort of like if if there was a, a court stenographer mm-hmm. over there, she'd be like, I want this on the record. I am doing this of my own free will, and not some some stupid prophecy making me do this shit. Totally. I well, think me, it's it might be kind of like. Well, that. if if we fast forward way 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 to um to once more with feeling, mm. walk through the fire. Right. You know, she's going to walk through the fire at the point of no return. A lot. Yeah. She's going to walk through the fire and let <laughs> she, it. Yeah. She yeah. kind of, it's a thing for Buffy. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Well, and she, so, yeah, I guess a declaration of choosing her destiny. It is. Yeah. And that, that's what she always does. Like yeah. it's, you know. Oh yeah. Like, oh, like, um, like we talked about during the puppet show, that is a defining characteristic of Buffy is making the choice. That's true. She will choose for herself what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she's right. Sometimes she's wrong, but she makes a tough choice every damn time. That's true. She is not a victim of circumstance ever. (laughs) She is like, I'm going to try to decide what happens to me. Yeah. Well, and considering that the most important event of her life is something that chose her. Oh, yeah. That she had no control over. Now she's going to make sure she has control. Yeah. And that that might be an aspect of her always taking the blame, too. Because if you can take the blame, you have control over the circumstances. Very true. You know? And, yeah, it's it's always interesting how, how she... What the, what blame she takes? We'll get into that a lot in the next yeah, episode. Yeah, we will. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll also get into her uh, her concept of choice in uh, in Lie to Me a lot. Oh yeah, big time. Good episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
you know, anyone offered, uh, offers Buffy his hand and she takes it, all the better to be led into hell. <laughs> the, uh, in the library, Xander and Willow are getting caught up on the evening's events so far. Willow mentions that she knew something was up with Buffy, so Buffy's goodbye most certainly did not go unnoticed. I'm going to guess that after Buffy left, Willow ran over to Xander's house and pounded on the door until he came out and made her go to, with the, to yeah. the library. Uh, Giles recommends that they stay calm, and Xander compares him to Locutus of Borg, which, if that isn't the biggest compliment you can give someone, I don't even know. <laughs> you just compared him <laughs> to Patrick Stewart. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Which... Bad- now I want the most Stewart. badass incarnation oh, of yeah. Patrick Stewart. Well, now I want Patrick Stewart and Tony Head to like locutus at each other. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, like <laughs> locutus off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, this is like kind of a fantastically apt comparison. Um, locutus means he who has spoken or he who speaks in Latin. And Giles is exposition guy. Plus there's the sexy British thing. Look at you. <laughs> Holy shit. I took Latin, you. Yeah, I know, but still, like, you're like, you're like knowledge girl. You're I'm... like locutus of the living room. Locutus of podcast. <laughs> locutus of Diogenes. <laughs> you will be assimilated by the Dodgers Club. So, uh, Xander seems to think it's possible to stop a slayer from doing whatever she wants. And, uh, spoiler, it's not, which Giles illustrates with his swollen jaw. Yeah. Well, and Xander, you should know this already. You can't like, stop you a slayer. Just had this happen. The only way to stop a slayer is with another slayer, and you don't have one right now. But now her, <laughs> so her heart, her spirit, and her mind have not been able to stop her. Exactly. She is doing us on full slayer power. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and in the next episode, we will talk about who Buffy is in this, this stew of uh, heart and mind and everything. Mm-hmm. So, because yeah. um, there's something that popped up. Anyway, uh, Willow is worried uh, about I Buffy. I just did like a head wiggle. You did. Like, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what that yeah. is. <laughs> I think good. I want to nod, but there's like a microphone up in my face. Okay, and I don't want to go like point. Pop, so yeah, pop. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing like the, the Indian, like actually Indian. Like, like Indian from India. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah like the the, uh, the yeah the head yeah. thing. Yeah. I am a human bobblehead. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to make a gift for the gentle listeners to look at. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Willow is also worried about Buffy, and when Jenny Calendar mentions that there's an apocalypse, they should also be worried about Willow and Xander. Um. Okay. Our mom <laughs> probably would have murdered us if we'd ever talked to an adult, especially a teacher that way wow yeah. guys whoa and even she calls me she's like hey yes because hey yeah what the fuck seriously don't do that yeah save this... it for after she's actually done something wrong <laughs> right later because yeah it's coming well buffy's gonna go off on her about that uh <laughs> <laughs> this is however a trait of willow and xander and of buffy's not wanting someone new in the group no matter how much they might be able to help it's very true they kind of yeah you know um <sighs> anyway Jenny quite correctly points out that if they should be that they should be worried about the apocalypse because everyone dies in those. <laughs> <laughs> Xander also quite correctly point uh, points out that he's going to go find Buffy. So, <laughs> meanwhile, the Anointed One leads Buffy into a mysterious tunnel. Angel is hanging out in his apartment with his gorgeous art and books when Xander knocks. Angel isn't exactly thrilled to see him, but Xander isn't a vampire, so he can just walk in. Uh, I like that he kind of like points out that he's not a vampire. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, too. you invite me in? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> just like go oh, crosses right. in front of him all yep. the way over to the middle of the room, too. Oh, yeah. 
Like he's not just a little bit in. <laughs> he's in yeah. his apartment. He he is doing like the peeing on the stuff. Yes, he is. Yes. And and I, I have given Xander a lot of shit in this episode, but this is brave as hell. Oh yeah. Angel hasn't shown any signs of being dangerous, but he's still a vampire and Xander knows he's seriously outmatched if well, he pisses Angel off too much. He still considers Angel to be dangerous. Yes. Like he is not in the camp where he knows that Angel has a soul and it's all gonna be okay. Right. He, he just still knows that thinks of him as a demon. Exactly. He knows that so far Angel has not hurt any anybody and and saved him you know he did yeah. save him but he's still pissing off a vampire <laughs> Seriously, like he's, he's got some brass ones going he does on. i'm really impressed with xander right here yeah uh and uh well he has that in him yeah and, and i mean he's, I and he he is there and he's gonna yeah. force angel to help him whether he likes it or not and good for him mm-hmm. and uh, xander tells angel that buffy has gone to fight the master and angel knows exactly what that means for buffy angel gets a little sassy pointing out that xander <laughs> certainly doesn't have a chance against the master if buffy doesn't but xander gets him to listen by using the crossed in the face method <laughs> <laughs> and then he sits down in a red chair yeah oh interesting just gotta point out red velvet chair <laughs> very interesting which of course angel would have of course he would it goes with the etruscan would, yeah. art or whatever totally. uh, so he tells uh, angel that buffy likes him so he should prove he's the real person and not just a vampire by helping. Angel says uh, that Xander is in love with Buffy and Xander thinks Angel is too. And being in love with Buffy will be a thing on this show, let me just say. So we should get used to that. <laughs> There's something about Buffy. <laughs> I guess so. I don't see it. I Whatever. I, I just love this exchange. Oh, I it's like so great. this recognition of, of a similarity in each other because mm-hmm. they haven't been able to find a common ground. But being in love with Buffy, like it's the first it's thing they, they have they in bond. common. Yeah, huh? they bond. Yeah, they do. They bond. And it's this very instant man bond that I don't understand. And speaking of a buddy cop movie that I want, <laughs> I want this. I know. I want it too. <laughs> Especially the way they get along later in the episode. They're too much fun. <laughs> so back in the library, Giles says that the master is the oldest vampire they know of, and he's worried about how powerful he'll be once he's freed. So already kind of defeatist, Giles. Well, yeah, um, come on now. <laughs> so her, her mind tends to do that. I know. She tends so, uh, to just give up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which she actually does. Oh, she needs a heart and spirit to lift her up rawr, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, so Jenny Callender has a fantastic question. Where is the Hellmouth exactly? <laughs> Giles agrees that this is a great question because it is. So they start researching. <laughs> I can't believe nobody's thought okay. of that. Where the yeah. fuck is the Hellmouth? Yeah, it's all right. It's, it's the last thing you'd think about, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But uh, don't worry. It's coming. It'll, it'll just It will pop be up. here soon. Yeah. So the Anointed One leads Buffy into the same tunnel she went down in her Slayer <laughs> it's like, dream. It's like the evil library jack-in-the-box. Slimy Audrey 2 pops out of that sucker. So, at least it's not a clown. I prefer the slimy Audrey 2 to a clown popping out of the jack of the box. I prefer anything to a clown. Oh, yeah. So, the same, uh, the same tunnel that Buffy went down in her Slayer dream in the beginning of Nightmares. Nice touch. Uh, of course, they had the set, but still, nice touch. Uh, the one leaves, and Buffy only hesitates for a second before going to the Master's Lair, because she's very brave. Once Buffy is in the Master Pad, the scene reminds me of the one in Angel the episode. Uh, we had the Slayer with a crossbow having a conversation with a hidden vampire. Uh, notice that in Angel the episode, Buffy was wearing the black leather pants of evil, and here she's wearing a virginal white dress and leather jacket, so oh, no moral point. ambiguity there. Buffy's yeah. on the right track. Very um, true. After some pleasantries, during which Buffy is welcomed to the lair and thanks him for having her over, <laughs> Buffy starts in immediately with the quips. The master isn't impressed by the quipping, though. Buffy turns and fires a bolt at him, but it was right on target, eh, but he catches it. He and does. he does a Buffy. 
Oh yeah, he does. He totally. Yeah. Can. yeah, that's like a Slayer move. Yeah, that's totally yeah. a Slayer move. But you know, he is the oldest. <laughs> yeah, and know. he and he compliments her aim. He's oh, they're very polite. I mean, I gotta yeah, say, yeah. they're very I mean, very polite. There's always room for pleasantries. Well, he, well, yeah, he's not supposed to be rude. It's true. Yeah, he's he's almost got like a Southern gentleman kind yeah. of thing. Well, maybe he, he may have watched um, like Science of the Lambs or something. Because uh, I'm sure if he you're had rude, nothing to do but watch TV. <laughs> yeah, he was stuck well, in that place for a long well, ass time. Well, we'll be getting to Spike soon. Yeah, there are only so many blood jacuzzis that you. <laughs> have well and honestly if you watch enough uh, media uh, you learn that if you're rude Hannibal Lecter will come and kill you no matter what you are oh, well, <laughs> so, fair enough <laughs> still trying to convince Snard to recap Hannibal with me I'm, I'm, uh, not, I'm convinced it's gonna be awesome I'm convinced except <laughs> Gina Torres I'm in hell yeah, yeah. and her husband <laughs> like a real husband <laughs> so <laughs> yeah Xander and Angel are trying to figure out which way it is to the master's <laughs> lair, and Xander accuses Angel of looking at his neck. <laughs> this little, like, fake, like, gay, like, you know, it's gay parodying. It's a little gay. Oh, my God. It's like, I'm, you're gay. I'm not gay. It's yeah, kind of that kind of thing. You're looking at my butt. I'm not looking <laughs> I'm at your butt. I'm not looking at your butt. Yeah. <laughs> they bicker rather adorably, and Xander tells Angel he told him to eat before they left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm totally... Uh, Totally on board with the buddy cop. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so funny. Well, they could be in the same police force. They could be Buffy and Faith are in one car. <laughs> yeah. And Sander and Angel are like in another racing car. Racing to the crime scene because they want to beat each other. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Slayer CSI. And then every time it's a vampire, all of a sudden Xander blames Angel, even though he's totally. his partner. <laughs> because obviously there's only one vampire in the world. It's got to be him. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime there's a stabbing. Like the first prince he runs Faith. through in every crime scene. Yeah. <laughs> totally. yeah, anything, yeah, stabbing, you blame Faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, guy thrown down the stairs, Buffy. Right. And um, <laughs> Especially if he's named Ted. Yeah, so, yeah. And anyone who's been eaten, Xander. <laughs> <laughs> or had an eye poked out. Yeah. <laughs> Any pretty trauma to the eyes first. It's all Xander. Yes. So uh, the master is skeptical of Buffy's crossbow and tells her that that she is the uh, sacrificial. We assume lamb in this scenario. We all he also uh, disappears, and the only thing worse than a superpowered ancient vampire you can see is a superpowered ancient vampire you can't see. And he's totally doing like an almost Dracula, but scarier. Yeah, he's, oh, he's way scarier. Than yeah, way Dracula. scarier because oh, yeah. he's not turning into a bat and flittering about. Right. He's just he's like, just gone. He's Kaiser <laughs> Sosaing the shit out of this. Well, it's kind of like if you if you if you if there is a spider in your room and you see it. Yeah. Like oh a spider, and you turn and you turn back, and the spider's gone. It becomes a really scary spider. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. But you know, with a big vampire. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> like a spider in Australia. Oh yeah, yeah like it's a funnel like web things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Australia, your land is scary. It is scary. You're a hearty folk. Uh, in the library, Giles has concluded that the local vampires will know the master is going to rise, and they uh, all think they'll gather at the Hellmouth. Since the last time they saw a bunch of vampires working with the master was at the Bronze, and the dance is going on there, they conclude that the Bronze is the likely Hellmouth. Uh, Jenny and Willow take off to see if they can get everyone out. Buffy is searching for the master. She finds a dead guy, but not the one she's looking for. Yes. Oh, and the lighting in here? Mm-hmm. You'd expect it to be red. Because it has been before. Yeah, green. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's be- very backlit green. It's she's really made quite her lovely. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, she's made her choice. She's there. Doing no more thing. danger. Well, I mean, there's danger, but. But it's danger that she doesn't have control over anymore. Like she's already given up control totally. of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she taunts him about how, uh, how much he likes to hide. Uh, he says he's drawing it out for the fun of it all and appears behind her, knocking the crossbow out of her hand. He's got her by the throat, which is pretty much how this scenario has gone down when Buffy has dreamed about it, too. 
Jenny Callender and Willow are in the parking lot, which they notice has suddenly turned into the vampire version of Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> They're surrounded. <laughs> great shot. It's yeah, a great shot. I mean, it is, it is so night. It, it is meant yeah. to invoke Night of the Living Dead. That it is shot right from it Night totally of the Living does, Dead. Yeah, and it hits me in my zombie spot. Yeah, I absolutely. really hate zombies. Yeah, and like yeah. a lot because they're the the shuffling kind of slow moving yeah, vampire yeah, zombies. Totally. Apparently, and it hits my zombie spot, and mm-hmm. I hate zombies. I can barely make it through Shaun of the Dead, and I know it's funny. It's it's hilarious, but I can barely do it. Yeah, but in a zombie apocalypse, we get to shoot everybody. <laughs> It'll be very exciting. So <laughs> Buffy manages to get out of the master's grip, but he uses the thrall on her, also just like she dreamed about, and she's helpless. He steps behind her and takes off her jacket. This gets kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. A little uncomfortable. Well, <sighs> it's weird because it, it's... um. So the visuals should be romantic in a way. Like, it, it not should in the scenario. Right, but like but sweeping the imagery, vampire thing. Yeah, you know, totally. You like, know. the way he's undressing her and stands behind her and he's mm-hmm. taking her, in, her into his thrall. Like, this is it's playing with those tropes again. Right. So we have the sex- sexy vampire trope, but instead we have like... Not sexy vampire. Yeah. Like Ducky von Fangenstein. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's just playing on our minds so Vampire well. gobbles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess you'd be like, Heydrich. Yes. Yeah. Vampire Heydrich. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I, I just like that. I like him because we see... Buffy wearing black as her slayer power. Mm-hmm. Him stripping strips her it away. That. Yeah, yep. so she's totally laid bare in her mm-hmm. virginal white. Yeah, ready for her little baptism coming up. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the master points out that the only reason he's able to rise is because she came to kill him. Although, from the wish in season three, we know this isn't true. So I think he's just adding insult to bitey injury Although, here. I figured this out. Yeah, he would have gotten out from the harvest. Oh, because Buffy didn't stop him. No, this bothered me for fucking ever. Oh, thank God, because it bothered me too. Yeah, it's been bothering me forever. It's been like a decade or something. I I haven't been able to figure this shit out. Seriously, it was bothering me forever and ever and ever. Oh, I feel better. And she was she was in Cleveland, so she couldn't stop the harvest. Right. So he got out during the harvest thing. Yeah. Nice. Oh, thank God. Thank you, so, Snart. I know. You're welcome. Thank you, Snart. I owe you something for that. <laughs> you, you just go to Amazon. Equipment. Go to Amazon and pick out something. I'll buy it for you. Because thank <laughs> God. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So that is. I was really proud of that. Thank you. That's. Um, <laughs> I I can only thank the Academy of uh, of Insomnia. For that one. <laughs> Where you and, sit in uh, bed and all the stuff goes through your yeah, head. Like, yeah, oh, well, about yeah, this? Yeah, I was that? sitting in bed and I got these nice new like Bluetooth earbuds mm-hmm. so I can like. Watch my iPad from afar. Gotcha, gotcha. And I think it was that I was watching my tiny, tiny iPad from like nine feet away on my dresser that I was finally able to realize this. It's like, you just need to get perspective. Very nice. Yes, far, far away. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know. I have no idea how it came to me. It just like all of a sudden, boink. Bless yeah. you. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I will say, the show used Oedipus to, sell, to tell us that Buffy couldn't avoid this. Uh, Buffy has the single man tier as described as Supernatural. And she knows that this... <laughs> Is it? Yes. The master Ooh. bites her, getting quite the rush from it, and uh, drops her into a pool of water. It could be worse. It could mm-hmm. be the blood pond. And it, it's kind of white water. It like is kind of white. Water. Yeah. yeah, like a um, virginal white water. Now, it just occurred to me, we've been thinking of the green as like she's made her choice and she's free and clear. Mm-hmm. What if the green is like she's actually on her path? It is the, the sign of destiny. Well, the other sign of destiny is going to be there in a second, too. As we found out in Angel the episode. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> so he'll be there in just a moment. All right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the master does say he likes her dress. 
And again, <laughs> that's the two beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so again, you know how we are talking about vampires being kind of stupid. Yeah, he easily, easily could have made sure that Buffy was permanently dead. That's um, true. However, we should take a moment to congratulate Kendra on her promotion. Congrats, Kendra. <laughs> we'll see you soon. <laughs> you get Mr. Pointy out to play. <laughs> Absolutely. And your only shirt, wash it thoroughly. <laughs> Congratulations, Slayer. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> I know. Stop it with the Oz. Well, it's true. It's just like everyone you mentioned dies. I know. Everybody no, dies. It's like fucking Game of Thrones up in here today. <laughs> it's Game of Slayers. <laughs> Game of Red Shirts is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the master pushes his way through the barrier and he's out. Angel immediately recognizes what the associated power surge means, and he and Xander know that Buffy must be dead. They rush down the tunnel. It would have been nice if they got faster earlier, guys. Hello. Anyway. Well, they were busy with the whole neck They problem. were with, they're busy with their buddy cop thing. Xander's, like, buttoning up. He's wondering <laughs> if he should go change into a turtleneck. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so they find Buffy face down in the water, and Angel pulls her out, and man... Boreanis is strong as shit. Crazy strong. I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar or or and or what looks like her stunt double actually are just little tiny things. But he, I mean, she seems to weigh like five pounds when he's flipping her around yeah. like that. Well, he was a jock before. Good this. God! But like, he was like a dead weight. Player. Just, yeah, that's that. Yeah, he's strong as shit. So totally. Yeah. A little Which, side note. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> plays really well into the vampire thing. It does. Are supposed to be like ultra strong, and he's strong. Yeah. Uh, so Angel listens for breathing and feels for a pulse and tells Xander that Buffy is dead. Xander's all, hell, hell no, she's not. He wants to do CPR, and Angel says he can't because he has no breath. Now. Okay, this is another <laughs> thing that bothers people. The first couple of times I saw this, I was like, okay, you need to breathe or not. You are expelling air from your lungs right now in order to say you have no breath. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you can just blow air into Buffy's lungs, right? But after seeing Angel the series, I think I understand. I think he means that vampires can't give life unless they have earned a free life somehow. That will come up later oh, in Angel of the Series. So, like a little Super Mario pudding. Right, exactly. You have to get an extra life and you can use it however you choose. <laughs> or unknowingly. Whatever. So we'll get into this a lot more when we get to Angel of the Series. But, well, and a couple of episodes um, in later seasons of Buffy. But I think that there's something about being a vampire. Maybe it's from... Because they're dead or the demon essence or something, but it prevents them from creating or giving life to someone else. Well, I think it's actually now that you mention that, which is brilliant, by the way. That's all I came up with. No, it's brilliant. <laughs> it, it works. He was expelling no, air but, from his lungs. But in order for a vampire <laughs> to continue living, he's in a life debt. He has to continue taking life. So uh, it's actually even, it goes further. I mean, what? there's a good possibility that if he tried to give her CPR, she would die farther. Dimostist. You know? Yeah, Dimostus, because, well, okay, it's like, we were talking about the blood-sucking thing. Right. You know, earlier when we were watching this, and uh, I had a theory, but I don't know. Um, well, we'll talk about it at the okay, end. Okay, we will. Yeah. Um, so, what, so if in order for you to turn into a vampire, you have an exchange of life energy. Right. Which is, in this version, blood. Right. They, um, in, they drink in all from... vampire versions, blood. Right. And they, in, um, the, in, this, in the Buffy verse, they drink from you, mm-hmm. and you drink from them. Yes. Them being the... Yeah, Vampire. it's a whole sucking thing. It's a whole sucking thing. <laughs> as Buffy so brilliantly explained yes, to us at one I point. Yeah. <laughs> so there has to be an exchange. But what if, so she's had her blood drunk. And we don't get into, like, can one vampire drink from you and then another give you his blood or her blood or whatever. We don't really get into that. It seems to have to be the same vampire. Right? Do we ever get into that? I don't think we do. 
I don't know if that's addressed much. I think sometimes we don't know who the sire is. Yeah, that's true. We don't. Yeah, there's. We'll there's keep a, an eye out for that. Yeah, we will. I can't, I, mean, re- I can't remember any situations where one for vampire A drinks and vampire B sires. Yeah. I mean, we see it that may in interviews. So if we're going off of Anne Rice's idea of vampires. Oh, any vampire can just come along and wake you right yeah, up. Yeah, like totally. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how Claudia happens. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, we don't know that for sure. But anyway, if they could, what if by breathing into her that would instill the same demon life force energy as drinking blood and he would accidentally turn her into a vampire that's interesting because he note he does not try he doesn't even think about he it. already knows that yeah. this is either not going to work or go very very bad that's true so yeah maybe just you can't impart any kind of life energy it's just blood is the most efficient interesting you know? makes you <laughs> what does spike say oh uh, makes you hard well, there's the other <laughs> He has a whole Sp- speech. Spike always says something about his dick. <laughs> Even his name is his dick, for God's sake. <laughs> Big walking phallus. <laughs> he, he is so one. hot. We just wait. Just wait till we, <laughs> wait till we get to school hard. There's a whole thing. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I'm looking forward to that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. He's I'm still hot as shit. Yeah. yeah, he's hot. Um, but yeah, and so I say this as someone who's not attracted like, to guys. Yeah, he he's very hot. Whole, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he goes into that whole thing about like it makes you, uh, it makes you hot, makes you hard. Oh, makes you, oh, makes you like, warm. Oh yeah, it makes you warm, makes you hard. Yeah. Which oh oh that's proof that vampires get warm when you drink from or when yeah. they drink. Only as warm as the blood, and only for a minute. But yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so and not not the refrigerator kind that Angel has. I'm gonna yeah, say, he's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> get colder. <laughs> oh, stop it. Um, <laughs> I love him, but dude is dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's hot as hell, but he is still a dead person. That's true. It's very true. Um. And I can say this because I'm not trying to date Buffy. <laughs> Xander. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, he doesn't try and he says he has no breath. So breath meaning life. Yeah. Um, and also when we get into, oh, I have a thought for stuff we're about to get into. Um. Anyway, but hmm. go ahead. Okay. Uh, so Xander starts CPR. Uh, and Angel, following our, our theory, Angel doesn't even try the chest compressions. No, he doesn't. He stays out of the whole thing. Yeah, no, he really does. So like, I think he, he is worried that it's, I think he's worried he's going to poison the well. You know, I think yeah. he's worried that something very bad is going to happen to oh, Buffy yeah, if he tries. That's a really good point. Because like, usually, he, he you kinda, know. He'll kind of slap her and stuff. Like the times that yeah. he's revived people, he's kind of like slapped them and moved them around. Yeah, but and, but Xander is doing both the breaths and the chest compressions, which is not your normal CPR if you have yeah, two people. Yeah, very true. And he's actually standing away. Yeah, he he's, he's by her feet, kind of. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Hmm. Gentle listeners, pitch in. Yeah, please. Uh, so in the parking lot, Jenny Callender and Willow are pretty well and truly screwed because there's like a hundred fucking vampires. But it's Cordelia to the rescue. <laughs> Cordelia's appearance here. In her here. red car. Yeah, I know. True. Yeah. Cordy. That's different. That's just badass Cordy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Cordelia's appearance here and her help in the fight shows that Buffy is embracing Cordelia's shadow elements. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Cordy shows up to help right as Buffy comes back to life. She's being resuscitated and here's Cordy. Oh, that's a good point. The show will most definitely do this again and more obviously in the very, very last episode. If this show were more of an after school special kind of a thing, uh, we would see our protagonist rejecting the these traits in order to overcome a big bad but in the buffy verse you have to accept your whole self the good and the bad in order to win and uh snart and i have discussed this quite a bit in relation to the series finale but i actually hadn't realized that until this rewatch that they do it here too 
Yeah, they did. Well, it's this whole uh, yin yang, sorry, yin yang mm-hmm. um, theory really plays across throughout right. the whole thing. You have to, you can't just have light. Right. You have to have shadow. And and I love that about that. Oh, I mean, yeah. you don't have to, you know, <laughs> and, and how beautifully they do it. I mean, with Buffy and Faith, it's so much more complete and and mirrored. And I mean, it's it's great how they, oh, how they yeah. do that whole thing. It really is, and it's every character has their either on their own or separately right. have their light and shadow. Like and with you, Angel, we see it in this very literal sense with mm-hmm. Angel and Jealous. Yeah, you you cannot just you have to be able to to take parts of the your shadow self and and absorb them and use them properly. Yeah, and very you know, true. we'll also see in the next episode the balance is important. <laughs> very, very important. <laughs> very important. So yes. indeed, uh, just as just as Buffy's shadow self emerges to help, Buffy takes a breath, coughing out a lung full of water. Angel is visibly relieved, and Xander welcomes her back, and they exchange a cute little man wink kind yeah. of cute thing. Um, <laughs> it's romancy. <laughs> it is so cute. I'm shipping it. They're like, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> like high five. Yeah. <laughs> It's a high five with her eyes. Yes. <laughs> high five. High five. <laughs> Trademark. Uh, Jenny and Willow gratefully hop into Cordelia's car. Cordy tells them that she was in the park where she and Kevin used to go, which is a nice little look at how much Cordelia is truly quietly mourning Kevin mm-hmm. in contrast to the fake public grief she's shown for people she doesn't care about. And and she was swarmed by vampires while she was out there, so she immediately went to go and find Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's a good point. And she, she, she saves the Scoobies in the process. Right. And she says, way over in gingerbread. She's probably finding Buffy to tell her to knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> Willow tells Cordelia that they need to get to the library. So Cordy, so awesomely, just drives right through the I doors and well, down the hall. We normally walk there. <laughs> you so normally crazy. run there, Willow. You normally <laughs> flee. But hey, you got Cordy. And yeah. that's a hard, hard thing to do. And Cordelia has definitely gotten the hang out of this driving thing. Cordy stops in front of the library and well, they run in. once you've done it blind, you can do it, oh, yeah. you know. Once you've gotten over the, you know, your hesitation and destroying yeah. everything in a mile radius, you know, you just drive right through the doors. Yeah. Well, she kind of did that after the witchy yeah. got her, so. <laughs> witchy. She's a witchy. Uh, so <laughs> they, uh, they block the door and Giles asks what's going on and Jenny's like, duh, fucking vampires. <laughs> <laughs> the vamps start breaking in and Willow grabs what I think it might be the clothes for filing sign and yeah, smacks them with it. Yeah. <laughs> Can they not take a hint? No, clothes are filing, vampires. <laughs> Have you no consideration. Uh, they pile stuff in front of the door and very importantly, put the sign through the little door handles. That's the only thing you really need in oh, doors yes. like that when they're vampires. That yeah, that's good barricade. <laughs> yep, definitely. Uh, Giles wonders why the vampires are in the library, but we find out that because, uh, at least us, there's a tentacle coming out of the floor. In so the naturally... Giles... Damn. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So naturally, the Hellmouth is under the library, which explains a lot. The master is on the roof of the library, enjoying himself very, very much. Yes, and again, we see the skyline mm-hmm. and the skylight. And uh, and they don't draw too much attention to it first. I mean, yeah. th- like, not, it's not until a little bit later that they really draw attention to that skylight, which I love. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. even when it's you good. hit the moment, it's like, oh, what? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're not saying like, look at the thing. Right. Look, it's just like a thing. it's just yeah. like yeah. By the way, it's there. Yeah, and we're having this nice echo. And also, um, I don't. I've been thinking about it since we talked about it earlier. I don't think we see a view of Sunnydale until Amends. That's this. true. I think those are the only two Possib- episodes where we actually see a view of Sunnydale. Possibly graduation day. Do we? 
Maybe on the roof. Well, we're up high, but I don't think we actually see a vista. Yeah, not a vista, but maybe yeah. a, a peak. Yeah, but we that's see about like it. a little bit of Sunnydale, but like we're actually highlighting it. And again, this Sunnydale looks black boxy. This looks like a small production mm-hmm. set. I'm just, I'm so in love with this aesthetic right. of making it all seem like a soundstage and like a tiny theater. Yeah, it is pretty yeah. cool. So it's, they managed to give a scope. It feels like a place, and yet it also feels like this very cozy yeah. reality. So setting us up, you know, like we, I think we talked about this in, in Why Buffy, mm-hmm. uh, our episode on that. It's the sort of um, postmodern morality play slash sort of production of our town kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> With vampires and yeah. punch mouth. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Xander and Angel help, help Buffy stand up. Angel tells her that the master is on the surface. Xander t- tries to tell Buffy to take it easy because she's still weak, but she says she feels strong. And uh, yeah. notice that uh, Angel doesn't try to tell Buffy she's weak. That's true. This and is, uh, this when is... she says she feels strong, it's the same inflection as right. way back in Welcome to the Hellmouth. Or is it The Harvest? One of the first two episodes, when Jesse says, I feel good, I feel strong. Right. It's almost exactly the same inflection. Right. Which is interesting. It is really interesting. And uh, gotta say, similar to the damseling Xander did in his dream and teacher's pet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to completely rehash this whole thing, but this is it again. Um, the human boyfriend's not so good with that. No. Uh, <laughs> not only does Buffy feel strong, she also feels different as Jesse did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, clearly ready for some ass kicking. We'll, we'll talk about this a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh, in the library, vampires are pouring in from everywhere, and Jenny, Willow, and Giles hurry off to try to stop them, leaving Cordelia to guard the door. A hellmouth tentacle is swishing around Willow's foot, and a vampire grabs Cordy's arm. She screams that fabulous Cordy scream. <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> and we cut to Buffy, badass slayer of the vampires, and her theme song. Xander asks how she knows where the master is, and Buffy says simply that she knows. So there seems to be a lot of a lot going on with Buffy. Uh, metaphorically, she has gained strength by accepting her inevitable transition into adulthood. Slayer-wise, she's gained strength from dying and coming back again. Uh, she has merged with her shadow self. I think the show is also telling us that she got some kind of power from the master as well, because she's tapped into him somehow and feels mm-hmm. real strong. Uh, now... <clears throat> Just in case you thought I was overreaching about the Buffy Cordelia merge, Buffy sees a vampire and Cordelia's, oh look, a bad guy, before punching the shit out of him. And I very much enjoy using Cordelia as a verb, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Inside the school, Buffy stations Xander and Angel to guard the door. Buffy is totally in charge here. She tells Angel to put on his game face, which is a term I love for vamp face, and I will try to use it more often. Uh, Buffy tells them it won't take long, no matter how things shake out, and hurries up the stairs to the roof. In the she library. still holds up her little skirts. Oh, yeah, she's very proper. Like she, yeah, she, just, she still has the girl. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the master is still polite. Exactly. Buffy's still a girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, she, I mean, she merged with Cordy, you know, know and Cordy's a girl, true. too. I would have cut that skirt off if Absolutely. I were her. I hate long skirts. They're bullshit. <laughs> Maybe her legs are cold. It's true. But it, it is actually a really good design for fighting. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of, it's almost like a riding skirt where it's like split down the middle. Yeah. I, yeah. I did notice that, that it goes up in the middle like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So I bet that was while she was ogling at the mall. She's like, I bet I could still kick I someone could, in the head. And I could kick really well. Yeah. I could look like a princess and still yeah. kill everybody. A princess of death. Yeah. That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And the nice thing about killing vampires is just dust. You just vacuum the dress. You don't have to <laughs> yeah. get any stains. Just shake it out of the skirt. Yeah. No blood stains. Nothing. Yeah, the, the material is great probably for shaking out vampire dust. Totally, yeah. As long as it's like grass stain resistant, you're good. Totally. Good job, Joyce. Nice picking out the dress. <laughs> In the library, the fight continues. Cordelia, they're showing us Buffy and Cordy back to back so we can see the similarities and now. they're wearing the same color. Yes. They're both wearing white. I don't think they've ever worn exactly the same color. 
maybe the first episode. Yeah, when well, they no, when they she were, was they were matchy. Well, they uh, Buffy's skirt and Cordy's shirt, I think, were exactly the same color. So I think this is the closest they've gotten. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were matchy time. then. But this is yeah. actually like they're both wearing the same color near their face. Yeah, and I'm just gonna take it as a sign. They're merged. They are. Yep. Uh, so Cordy bites the vampire who grabbed her. <laughs> she says, "See how you like it." <laughs> I love Cordy. I know she's so great. Like, who does that? <laughs> Cordy. <laughs> Cordy is a badass from hell. So uh, the tentacle thing has grabbed Willow, and Jenny yells for Giles. He comes out just in time to see the floor burst open with more tentacle things, and he realizes that, yep, his job is totally on top of the hellmouth. There are slimy Audrey two-looking things popping up now, and poor Cordy, she, the invisible girl thing has not prepared her for any of this stuff at all but she takes it well uh-huh. on the roof the master is gleefully watching through the skylight skylight you say <laughs> <laughs> indeed giving us little peeks throughout the episode yeah. fantastic uh he exhorts the slimy audrey too to come into the world but buffy informs him that the world isn't his not just yet the master is surprised as one would be to see buffy he says she's dead and she says that she may be dead but she's still pretty and we're all happy she didn't lose her quipping powers. <laughs> she points out better ones. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she points out that he is most certainly not pretty. He says it was written that she would die, and Buffy says she flunked the written. And she did too. We saw it in nightmares. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> the master tries the thrall again since that worked before. <clears throat> Jenny is holding on to Willow so she doesn't get dragged into the hell mouth and eaten by the slimy Audrey twos. Giles grabs an axe and starts chopping at the thing's like head yeah, but part. But I love that he goes for the head. Oh, he wants to kill it. Because anybody else would go for the, the Audrey 2 tentacle thing. I probably would. Yeah, like yeah. because that's the obvious thing. You <laughs> right. hack at those first and then you go Get for the everybody thing. away. No, but he is... He's going for the face. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's perhaps a little bit more skilled at these kinds of things. Like he's actually thought these things <laughs> he's, through a little yeah, bit. definitely not the mild librarian that we love. No, and we definitely know and love. not. Yeah, and he yeah. starts hacking at that thing where it's going to hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Buffy seems to be under the thrall again, and the master gets her around the throat. Now, the way she looks at his hand before he grabs her is more ew than eek. And <laughs> in the show's interest in playing fair with the viewers, it does indeed, on a rewatch, look like Buffy is faking the thrall. The master... Yeah, because it's a little forced. Yeah. 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 Because it's we've seen her do this fake out at, at the harvest with Luke. Well, at the very beginning of this episode, too. Yeah, I mean, true. She so faked she, out that vamp. Yeah, she faked him out, and then she, but she faked out Luke as well yeah. during the harvest <laughs> where she pretended dead. to go limp just so she could headbutt Absolutely. Him. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, it, she's faking it, which is awesome of her. Uh, the master wonders why Buffy is even trying again, and he makes the mistake of letting go of her throat. You know, fruit punch mouth. Buffy quips, and I laugh every time. <laughs> you? Every time. Well, yep. I, I think, I not only that, but I laugh every time I see him, because you can't unsee it. I know. You can't punch unsee mouth. things. The master... The master it's is like a, the makeup guys made a decision, and it became a running joke. They totally. were just like, fuck it. Let's go with let's it. Let's put it in the script. The master is thrown off guard, probably having a, never had fruit punch, and he gets a slayer punch instead that knocks him down. She tells him to save the hypnosis crap for the tourists, and you know... You're right. I think the clips have been enhanced by Buffy's death. That mm-hmm. was uh, that was yeah. great too. She has leveled up. Yeah. Uh, they exchange punches. The library is getting torn up to the point where a broken table sticks up out of the rubble. Yeah, Very important. It reminds me of like a video game. Oh yeah. You know where you you're kind of looking around for what to do, and you're like, that looks significant. Yep. That looks like I can, I can interact with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Click. <laughs> a couple of vampires make the mistake of trying to get Angel and uh, get by Angel and Xander, but they take care of them. Quite a little team, those two. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Showing some compatibility between Angel and Buffy's heart. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even. <laughs> Of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm all excited now. And I love, like, so I'll get into Angel's combat skills later, but he's had some Aikido. 
Like, it's pretty awesome. Well, <laughs> just, he, well he's yeah. got, you know, they've got the built-in vampire They totally stuff. does. But yeah, yeah, he's obviously had some kind of martial arts the way he takes that vamp. Does a little throw. There's just a little tiny, like, I just, I like the way they design everybody's combat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the slimy Audrey 2s are getting very close to eating Giles and Jenny and Willow. Buffy does a nif- nifty little flipping thing and the master grabs her throat one last time. Buffy sneaks a peek through the skylight and sees the broken table and says, I bet I can interact with that. <laughs> <laughs> she returns the throat grabbing favor really hard and suggests that if the master is so keen on hell, he should pay it a visit. She flips him through the skylight and impales him on the table. He disintegrates until only his skeleton is left and the slimy Audrey retreat back in the hellmouth. The group meets up in the library. Buffy is crying a bit and tells Giles it's been a really weird day. Understatement, <laughs> yep, for thanks. sure. Xander points out that Buffy even died during the weird day. Giles is clearly overjoyed that Buffy found a loophole in the prophecy. Oh, I love this moment between I know, them. It's so cute. Giles really wants to leave the library now, and Xander suggests that he should go to the bronze, since there's a big party there and all. They agree, though Giles insists to Jenny that he's not dancing. She's not convinced. Giles, one of the rules in life is to not be fun to tease. This is how people get <laughs> ideas of how much fun it would be to make you watch monster trucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everybody kind of is talking over each other, and the middle of the conversation goes like this. So there's talking, and Buffy says, I'm hungry. More talking. Buffy says, is anybody else hungry? <laughs> and there's more talking. And Buffy says, I'm really, really hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking low-fat yogurt isn't going to do it after killing the master either. Oh, my God. And I never, like, for all the two million times I've watched this, I never heard that. It's so it's really subtle. I Everybody's just talking all that. at once. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so good. Because like, we haven't they, even introduced And they Faith. primed us way back. God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they primed us. And, like, we haven't even introduced Faith. Like, right. this is, again, this whole thing was kind of written somewhere. Right. Right. And, and either right. actually or just as a hint. Or they I don't they know. were counting on people, they if the show got extended past one season, yeah. watching it over and over and over again. They really because were. Because this is the kind, the kind of line you're only going to appreciate after you've watched <laughs> it a bunch of times and know about the Hungries yeah. and Hornies. And now you can appreciate it too, exactly. gentle listeners. <laughs> so anyway... Angel tells Buffy that he really likes her dress because the rule of three. Yep. <laughs> uh, Buffy says, yeah, yeah, big hit with everyone. Buffy glances back at the master's bones and we pan back to them as well. Now, Buffy was dead when the master said that. Does that add a little more evidence to the Buffy has absorbed some of the master's power theory? Mm-hmm. And uh, also, nice job of the show telegraphing that we're not quite done with the master's bones yet. Oh, yes. And then the panning up is almost the reverse of our first shot through the skylight. Mm-hmm. So we, and it looks like a bullseye again with the master in the middle. Also, I love this, um, going back with the master stripped the black jacket off of Buffy and now he right. is stripped completely bare and he is in white. <laughs> yeah. She got him He's back. Bon- yeah. She got him back. <laughs> she got him back. Love big the time. imagery. Again, I don't know if that part was purposeful, but it's just yeah. gorgeous. I mean, I, I think a lot of this stuff, um, whether it was completely purposeful or not, there is some kind of subconscious or unconscious method to this that we are subject to and the creators of the show are subject to. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you line something up like that in that perfect little arc, Mm -hmm. he strips the jacket off of Buffy. She strips him down to his only white bones. Yeah. There's something in there. It is, yeah. And the way he's arced back, um, he's kind of damseled, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, he really does look (laughs) like a... You know, the Archie back and yeah. She kicked his ass, but good. Yeah, she really <laughs> yeah. did. Well, that's what you get when you kill the Slayer. Yeah, don't mess with the Slayer, yeah. man. 
seriously they, they do not take kindly to being killed no. i will just say yeah well and as she ha- says in another episode i hate it when they drown me <laughs> i love that part faith is not thrilled about after coming back after buffy cut to kill her either oh they yeah don't oh. slayers do not like being killed do not like ever killed. if you're gonna kill a slayer kill them properly because yes. if they come back you're <laughs> fucked <laughs> <laughs> they will stop at nothing. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, we want to talk about some mythology here, and we're going to be well, meshing that with some religious stuff, too. True. Um, but wait, wait, wait. First, mm. can we address this whole blood thing with the Slayer and the Master? Yes. So one thing I want to address first before we get into a lot of the other things that might take us even longer, so I hope you have a snack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or a lot of errands to run. Just put in the yeah. earbuds and go get a snack. And, yeah, it's you know. fine. Or just pause us <laughs> in between presents or whatever people do. Don't pause. We shall not be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be ignored. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention to me. Um, so... On this rewatch, and, and the one before it, too, um, it made me wonder. I had this moment of wondering if Buffy ingested some master blood. Well, and here's, and here's my, my particular theory on this, right? Okay. Okay. So, um, in the Buffyverse, other verses are different. But mm-hmm. in the Buffyverse, uh, as far as we know, uh, well, it's Buffy explains with the whole sucking thing. Uh, they drink from you. Uh-huh. You drink from them. You become a vampire. Uh <laughs> You can't just walk up and drink vampire blood and you become a vampire. So I think that with this uh, required part one and two process, I think something, uh, when the vampire bites you and drains you of blood, something does pass to you. It's like the preparation of becoming the vampire. Mm -hmm. Step one. The preparation V, if you will. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Not for the butt. (laughs) So, so, um, you have to have this two-step process. So, uh, most of the time, uh, people are bitten by the vampires, uh, and drained of blood and they die. So we never find out anything like that. Um, sometimes they just take a little bit of blood. So we don't really know what happens. That mild anemia is pretty much what was diagnosed with Joyce. But that was Darla. Darla's been around for a long time, but the master is a super-powered vampire. True. I think that it just his drinking from Buffy passed on some energy to her. Which is very possible. But there's That's definitely been an energy exchange. And she comes back different. That reiteration of the thing that Jesse said after he became a vampire tells me that she is now vampired a little bit. And, uh, and I'm thinking that... Um, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I kind of, in a weird way, I think that it's kind of counterintuitive to what you would think. Where um, the energy is passed during the first step rather mm-hmm. than the second. The second step, administering the vampire blood, is more responsible for the physical transformation. Oh, interesting. And that, but that the that there's some meth, some form of uh, of uh, what spiritual, emotional, whatever yeah. uh, transformation when the vampire bites you and drains you. That's a that's a good point, and that would kind of back up the whole Riley blood brothel thing. Um, that he's getting off on it. Well, yeah, and those are young vampires. Maybe he's able to, yeah. Then maybe he's able to get a little bit of that. Right, a tiny, just a um, tiny bit, because yeah. these young, young vampires who haven't been around very long at all, we assume. Yeah. Uh, and and he would maybe get a little juice from that, but it's not true. much. Yeah, but if you, um, but if it's the master, yeah, the master's going to give a lot of juice, just like he got a lot of juice from Buffy with Slayer mm-hmm. blood. True. He would give out a lot of juice. Well, with I master. do find it interesting how few vampires, when given the chance, don't drink Slayer blood. I wonder if you have to be stronger to handle it. You know. I'm trying to think of how many. 
What was the master? And then it's Angel, and then it's Angelus. And Spike. Spike has. Oh, yeah, he blood. does with the Boxer yeah, Rebellion. But then slayer. he actually seems to turn into a different vampire after that. Like, he's different. After the Boxer Rebellion thing? Yeah. He's very. He's definitely different. juiced. But, yeah. then, but, this, but again, it, it would be the, the. Yeah. I mean, he's juiced, but it's. Um, well, and vampires drinking from Slayers get juiced because we, we know that part. Yeah, but, yeah um, but why don't they do it more often? Because Slayers will kill them. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, but we have. We, we how, how many times do we have Slayers just have their necks broken? Like. Right. Um, so Spike drinks from the first layer. He and does not do it again. Right. Like maybe it wasn't that good of an experience because he strangles the next one. Well, and, and you would definitely. Well, I wish. Ooh, ooh. Maybe when Angelus drunk from Faith, it weakened him. Maybe oh. Slayer blood does weaken vampires in some way. Like maybe. they feel juiced, but and the master. Yeah. Buffy kicked his. Yes. Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? Wouldn't the that be thr- a- and the thrall didn't work. Yeah. The thrall didn't work. Oh my god. At all. So maybe it's not so Buffy. Maybe it's the master. He's weakened enough. I think it's yeah, a combo. It I think be. it's a combo of Buffy being stronger and somewhat immune to the master's powers and the master mm-hmm. losing power. That would be interesting. Because yeah. I bet it is a rush once it, when it gets in there. Yeah. But this, but Slayer blood is made to kill vampires. Mm-hmm. And it tells you to kill vampires. Like it's a compulsion. They cannot yeah. stop killing vampires. That's true. Um, so maybe once it gets in a vampire's body, it starts to eat Yeah, them. it's like an immune system. It starts to attack them. Well, and then Angel drinking from Buffy, he doesn't seem particularly superpowered. No. Well, afterwards. And, but it heals him. But, he's a, but he also has a soul. That's true. So he's not all vampire. So it would not have the same reaction with him. Huh. That's interesting. We should but, have to track this because you'd think that if anybody wanted to feel juiced and crazy, it would be Drusilla. And she walks in and just snaps Kendra's neck. Oh, she slices her. Does she slice her? Slices okay. her. Yeah, she nail. slices her. It does, she doesn't drink from it, though. Right. And none of the other vampires do. That we, uh, that we know of at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, sure if they probably tried there's it. No, I mean, yeah, there's no evidence of anybody drinking from Kendra. Right. Um, and you don't see, like, you would think that if you're fighting the Slayer and vampire blood was known, or sorry, Slayer blood was known to be a great thing, that every vampire that fights Buffy would be trying to drink from her. Right. So there's something about Slayer blood that's not desirable, even though it is. It's, it's like, I don't know, cocaine or something. <laughs> right. I'm trying to think of a good well, drug. Actually, that's that's probably that's probably a good comparison. It's, I mean, you know, I'm I'm goody two whatever. So I've never tried coke, but uh, from what yeah, I've heard, me either. I've from what I've a lot of coke. Beans. Well, from from what I've heard, it's enormous high at first, and then mm-hmm. it drops off, and you kind of need more or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that would be a fair comparison. They feel great at first, but then they feel worse. As soon as it wears off, they feel worse mm-hmm. and less powerful. Because I mean, Buffy just kicks his butt. Yeah, she hard. really does. And she seems to have taken something from him as well. Yeah, she she definitely so, came out better in that deal. It doesn't seem to me that, that being uh, drunk from uh, hurts the Slayer at all as, if no. she survives. If yeah. the Slayer survives. Yeah. I mean, like, Faith wasn't weaker after Angelus got her. No. She no. was badass from fucking hell. <laughs> <She> was, <laughs> well, maybe it makes them... Maybe... Um, so maybe just somebody being bitten by a vampire does a little bit to them like they can feel a little tingle but maybe maybe the slayer nature not only weakens them with their blood but actually will take something from the demon i think so maybe well, and maybe they actually become stronger with every vampire they encounter that'd be interesting well, well if, we see that i think we see that with buffy she gets stronger way stronger over the series that's true yeah well it's kind of like the quickening in highlander right yeah totally. like every time you kill another immortal, yeah you absorb you get it there yeah so well, and uh, and i mean by i mean can you, can you imagine how easy it would have been for buffy to kill the master 
uh, when she was fighting the first. Oh my god! Not I even, mean, she would have just. You don't even have to get to the first. <laughs> like the master compared to Glory was like, oh, oh yeah, him. that was well, easy. Bu- well, Buffy did die, don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she needed ha- like Thor's hammer and she- yeah, yeah. Glory true, was even, yeah. Glory was a, a right, boss so battle like, from hell. Yeah, no, very true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even well, actually, okay. So we we are, we do see Buffy drink a little bit of of dracula's blood mm-hmm. and it gives her some insight into her slayerness yeah um but it it doesn't merge her with dracula in the way that the master biting her or angel biting her it's very true does it doesn't make her stronger it just makes her more aware of her power i think mm-hmm. i'll need well, to rewatch it, it that waken, one it wakes up the demon a little bit yeah it gives her it gives her a little more demonness yeah you know it just kind of pops that up a little bit mm-hmm. uh and she wants to and she has to and she and she's driven to slay more she's you know she can't sleep she needs to go kill you know yeah very uh, true she's getting more like a vampire yeah and and that makes more sense to me that the actual ingestion yeah. of demon blood will will make you more add to your already demon essence well, and then this leads to an interesting point too mm-hmm. which sorry did i interrupt you no, no okay um so something else we brought up can you turn a slayer into a vampire see and that's interesting and I kind of wish they had explored it. Yeah, I can see why they didn't. But it's but it is a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, if <laughs> and uh, and we're and by the way, we are only going by the show. If this happened in the comics, we don't care. The yep. comics don't tell us. La, 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 well, and la, la, and you can if you want. We're just going to ignore it because gonna, yeah, la, 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 la. because the comics <laughs> comics erase a lot of stuff that happened yeah. in the show, and they ignore a lot of these themes. So we don't even we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be. I mean, that would that would be the question. Does this become, I mean, because, and Buffy turning into one of nightmares is not the same thing. This, that was her fear. And she became super powered. So that's the question. Does, is a, is a vampire slayer vampire that much stronger or do they even not, do they even turn? Yeah. Or like, does. I don't think they would because of what we see in the dark age. Yeah. When, and it's, and yeah. it's a little, it's a little bit different because having the slayer, the first slayer, I guess the energy of the first mm-hmm. slayer in you is not quite treated the same way. As having a whole other demon personality well, in you, like a vampire is. But we just is. know that you can't have two demons in the same body, right? Unless, and, well, you can. In angel, excuse me, we have one in angel. Well, angel. Well, yeah, <laughs> we have angel. No, wait, we don't even with the boy. He's just soulless. Oh, right. The demon that's trapped right, right, in the right. little boy. Well, we know the demon possession is possible because that demon yeah. possessed other people before. That's true. Yeah. Well, demon possession can happen because you can have a demon and a soul. But you oh, can't oh. have a demon and a demon. Uh, in um, uh, I only have eyes for you. We we see that we see possession of a, a spirit uh, yeah, taking over. Yeah, but that's again, it's it's a soul and a demon. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we the so only time demons. we ever see a demon and a demon in the same body, the vampire fights the demon off. So if a slayer demon, however small it is, is strong enough to fight vampires IRL, right? Then it would have to be strong enough to defeat the demon within it. And even if it's not a demon personality inside the slayer i wonder if you're right i wonder if the that that specifically attuned slayer blood would just zap the vampire blood before it even turned them yeah totally i i think it's kind of like sickle cell anemia yeah or you or just like, can't get like a fire extinguisher if you don't know this people with sickle cell anemia don't get malaria right so that's why this gene has continued to be passed on because those are the only people who survive sometimes. And they have other un- 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 unfortunate 
stuff later, but that's not going to yeah, interfere like with your eating disorders and stuff like that. But, but as long as long it, as long to... as what you have doesn't interfere with your ability to breed and get you to breeding age and makes you able to, of course, care for your offspring. Exactly. Genetically, it's advantageous. So yeah. absolutely. If you don't, so, yeah. if you don't die as a little kid with malaria, <laughs> mm-hmm. you could live on to reproduce the sickle cell. Exactly. And, and if you, if you are able to not be turned into a vampire, uh, then you would be able to pass your slayerness on. I mean, how many, how many trial slayers did they have? because we know that magic doesn't go right the first time true you know we only see the one but maybe that's how we accidentally made a few demon hybrids (laughs) well those uh well those guys i mean i guess the kind of early monks right yeah well these are we're talking like the first slayer has no language right she has to have tara talk for her well and the guys who the guys who uh, uh came up with this little plan um yeah, I mean, I guess there's, I think there's a, a callback monk-wise. Mm-hmm. They're kind of yeah. like monks. Uh, monks will always fuck with slayers because they will. Yep. <laughs> and it turns into, like, British guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And girls. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So anyway. I would, I would, I would, I would have liked to know, because uh, I, I think it's 50-50 either way. Mm-hmm. Either the slayer becomes the most super-powered vampire slayer ever has has been. That, like, oh, actually, that's another thing. Ooh. Can vampire slayers that are turned into vampires can they feed oh or do they still want to kill all the vampires Ooh, i think they still want to kill all the vampires i don't think they'd be able to go full they would be like um you haven't watched uh vampire diaries but there are vampires in vampire diaries that feed exclusively on vampire blood and that would be that would be the question is is the 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 demonic vampire essence stronger than the slayer essence especially just numbers wise right mm-hmm. one girl in all the world is strong enough to stand up against the vampires <laughs> yes. right and there are a fuck ton of vampires <laughs> so if we just if we just see it that way mm-hmm. i mean she's able to kill the master who's fucking old faith is yeah. ever able to kill you know kakistos who is fucking old yeah it's true <laughs> so no matter how old the vampire is that you throw at a slayer she can mm-hmm. usually kill him. Oh, either yeah. she can. Well, the master is the oldest known vampire. Right. And so either she can kill him or the next slayer can kill him. One of these slayers is going to be able to kill this old vampire. Mm-hmm. And these are young girls. These are not, not gals who have benefited from a lot of experience. These are very no. young gals who have not been killed yet, basically. Yeah. Like, I um, think the oldest slayer that we know of is the only one who had a kid. Nikki Slayer of the Vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she was probably only in her early 20s. Yeah. I think Nikki was probably like. Maybe mid twenties, the yeah. very latest, very very. Latest. I would give her up to twenty seven because that's when everyone dies, including <laughs> Liam. Good point. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good point. Yeah. So, gentle listeners, weigh in. Yeah, we, we've we, thrown we, a lot out there, and we're about to throw a lot. More yeah. out there. We will never know the right answer to this, but yes. that's totally fine. Um, give us a, if you have a compelling theory, or even a not very compelling theory, throw it at us. Yeah. Um, if you want we'll us to, to debate it. something like we just have, uh, throw it out there. We'll debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take a side. Snart will take a side. Yeah, we do. We're you, really good at that. Even if we don't believe the side we're on, absolutely, we can do that. Mm-hmm. We have brains. Brains are fun. Yeah. <laughs> brains. <laughs> All right, so okay, <laughs> go refill your whiskey glasses, people. We got some stuff for you. Part the second. <laughs> <laughs> so the PPS. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're gonna be meshing some mythology and some religious stuff too. So Buffy is resurrected. 
basically, if we're looking at our big series arc, her childhood self is dead, mm-hmm. and her adult slayer self was reborn through baptism, no less. Uh, she's even referred to as the Lamb, and the Gospel of John uh, refers to Jesus as the Lamb of God. So, yeah. we've got some religious stuff going on here. Buffy's taken off her cross. She's putting her cross back on. Yep, she's having her moments of doubt. Yes, she's being, having. Why she's have you her, forsaken me? Kind she's of having moments. her Garden of Gethsemane the yes. night before. She's having. You know, she's. And we even quote the Bible in the episode. Yep, we sure do. Yeah. Yep. A little so, child shall lead them. Yeah, totally. So uh, this is Christmas Eve. If you're listening <laughs> to this on time. It's festive Buffy Christmas. If not, it was released on Christmas Eve. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. Buffy Christmas. Buffy Christmas. <laughs> Merry death. Yeah. Um, wow, we're going to have Buffy Christmas with when she was bad. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, God. Buffy yeah. Christmas, run. Run oh, from Buffy yeah. Christmas. <laughs> Buffy Christmas is very, very bad. It seems like but a present, but it's not. There's lots of festive colors. It seems like a nice gift, but you should just totally. run from Buffy Christmas. Because yeah. she run will give you something Buffy you've always Christmas. wanted, but you don't want yeah. that thing. Oh, speaking of Buffy Christmas, we had the whole like red-green theme going on. Mm. Um, at the very end, we had a red exit sign above the, the door to the library as they're all leaving with the hungry mention uh, it's green isn't inter- isn't that interesting yes that's i just had to throw that in there because i totally forgot and it. that's really intentional, really intentional. <laughs> like, you changed the a color while. of a sign right. you had to like it reinstall that lights. would take a while yeah like the continuity guys would have caught that one yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so that was totally intentional yeah so a resurrection yes a resurrection and resurrection is a theme across all traditions right every mythological tradition you find has a resurrection story and it's always very similar could be because this is one of those union things where it comes from somewhere else it could be that every myth comes from the epic of gilgamesh well and and we know that that uh that the show uh the buffy verse enjoys jung and union stuff because that's where the idea of embracing your shadow self and becoming one whole person oh, yeah. you know totally. that's, you know uh so we know that they're all about jung mm-hmm. uh we and know that they're all about mythology. all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah so, but this is more, as far as it's recognizable to uh, the average average viewer, and, and, and including myself, um, it's been a long time since I took mythology class, yeah. uh, <laughs> the most recognizable thing that Buffy does is related to Jesus and the resurrection. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, from quoting the Bible right there to mm-hmm. referring to her as the lamb, yeah. <laughs> who Twice. Jesus was the lamb of God. Yeah. Uh, to seeing her in a baptismal dress, mm-hmm. <laughs> being baptized in the water and coming out different. <laughs> yeah. Um, after having a blood ritual. Yes, after having a blood ritual. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of. And in a, in a, you know, this is my blood that is given to me for forgiveness mm-hmm. of sins, <laughs> or given to you for forgiveness of sins. Been a long time since I went to church either. Uh, <laughs> I'm still Buddhist. Yeah. I always have been. I've studied all this stuff kind of uh, in the context of mythology classes. Yeah, and and, and I, I mean and we don't want to we don't want to offend anybody, but as it was explained to me uh, in in college by both my English professors and my mythology professors and my folklore professors, um, the Bible as as a sacred text is separate uh, from the Bible that. Uh, I mean, it's the same book, of course, mm-hmm. but you see it separately in a sacred text versus the text that uh, influences pretty much everything that has ever been written in the Christian world. Uh, <laughs> and um, so it's, I mean, it's a reference that, that, uh, that is very useful and it's a way that, that we talk to each other through tropes and, and everything. Yeah, definitely. And, and the Bible influences so much. Everything. Everything. A- in the Christian world. And I, I say the Christian yeah. world, I know we have other religions, mm-hmm. but I'm saying high, uh, heavily influenced from, um, from the Bible and the Christian churches and oh, in yeah. their various ways. Um, that being said, 
it's fascinating they go with the Jesus thing. It really is. Well, and we also have... I mean, we, we see something different later on with faith. We see we do, faith yeah. as uh, descending into the underworld, a very, very, very Greek and Roman mm-hmm. journey for faith. Uh, but Buffy's is Christian. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, um, you know, that descent, like all great heroes must descend mm-hmm. and then return. And we have two great heroes on the show that do it completely differently. Oh, yeah. Well, and then Angel just keeps going down and yeah. back up and down and up. Well, Angel goes into the underworld and has to be saved by faith. <laughs> like, she goes down there to save her yeah. brother. <laughs> well, he's resurrected kind of mysteriously. I need to I need to pull well, out my old well, he's got the books. And he's got the tattoo, which means he's was it St. Mark. Yeah, it's true, St. Mark. So we're definitely so he's having... The, and and his name is Angel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, as Snard pointed yeah. out when we were watching this, uh, Buffy's resurrection is overseen by an angel. Yeah. Who cannot it's interact, who cannot influence it, who cannot mm-hmm. interact with it. He just has to observe. Yeah, it's very true. Which is what angels do. Yeah. <laughs> from from mm-hmm. what I've... Well, I, and then, uh, uh, then her, <laughs> her, next, uh, her next main connection in life is faith. And she has a, a problem with faith. She does. She, has a uh, she loses faith, faith and yeah. she uh, she, she does uh, lose faith. Deny, denies faith. Uh-huh. She loses faith. Yes. She only locks, to have to. She convinces faith to get locked in a prison cell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, only to eventually have to accept faith. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but we also have Persephone in here too. Yeah, it's true. Like she's totally like Buffy's like Jesus Persephone. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair assessment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you know she doesn't come back with. You know, she comes back with special powers, but she doesn't come back like healing anybody. She's not united with a trinity, unless you count. Well, no, she's not united with a trinity. She kind of comes back wrong for the first time of many. Yeah, she really does. So while we're we're leaning on the Jesus myth, we're also leaning on these ideas of of what happens to you in the underworld and how right. you can come back wrong and how you cannot, you know, how it doesn't always go well. Right. Um. You know. I mean, what is it about? What is it about faith that makes her journey to the underworld make her so much stronger and better for it than as opposed to Buffy who keeps coming back kind of wrong? Buffy says, I don't want to die. True, faith has been trying to die for a while at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Will you kill me? No, fuck. Yeah. Well, Will you kill me? Time. No, fuck. It's the only time Will we you hear Buffy me? say, I don't want to die. Oh, because well, afterwards she clearly kind of does. Yeah, she kind of gets that Slayer <laughs> death wish going on yeah. that Spike acknowledges later. Oh, yeah. Um, but so she's not full Slayer. Like if 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 the nature of a Slayer is that they have a death wish, then saying I don't want to die is to deny the very nature of being a Slayer. That's a very good. And so Buffy, maybe she doesn't come back wrong. Maybe she comes back right. Come back Slayer. Maybe she was wrong before. Too human, too little Slayer. Yeah. She was too human. She was oh, too vulnerable. Oh, I think you are a hundred percent right because she, in when she was in when she was bad, she is very Slayer. She's a combination. She of, is. She's a combination of Cordelia and Slayer, and it's only after and oh, I've got and there are so many times in when she was bad that she sounds like Faith, almost exactly the same lines. Mm-hmm. And then she just after needs that, a Boston accent. Yeah, and, and after that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Better rack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's right. I'm an asshole. So, <laughs> so, and then from then on, she, she, you know, kills Ted for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she beats vampires to a bloody pulp. She really starts acting like a slayer. Yeah, when we, she starts when we, training like a slayer. And we don't realize what she is until we meet 
Well, because Kendra is too reserved. Kendra is very, very, very reserved yeah. and very in control. So we don't really realize how what Buffy is acting like until we meet Faith, who is all Slayer. That's true. And then so, we realize, oh, Buffy's been acting like a Slayer this whole time. Yeah. I mean, now we've watched the show how many times? So we know when Buffy acts like a Slayer, she's acting like a Slayer. Yeah, that's true. Like, she's actually, that's kind of the demon Slayer. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's like, that's pure Slayer. That's what the first Slayer was. The first Slayer would not have any problem with, like, killing oh, yeah. everything. The first Slayer is just wild. <laughs> right. She's a wild animal right. with she's one idea. Totally primal. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and Buffy has, um, we'll talk about this a lot more in the next episode, but Buffy has the the family and friends mm-hmm. to kind of pull her back into her human self. Yeah. Which we investigate at the end of the next season as well. Yes. Next one. This <laughs> is kind of our, our season ending investigation. <laughs> the ending and starting investigation is into what the nature of the friends do for Buffy. Yes. And, yeah. and I mean, they're in a lot of ways they're and we will so get into this in the next episode, but in a lot of ways they are kind of a burden to her. Yeah, but it, but and they, she acknowledges that, and she feels like a dick for acknowledging that, so then she can't acknowledge it. And yeah, and and it's and they help, and a lot of times they do literally save her ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing that they do is they keep her human. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, so she doesn't go full Slayer, and we see yeah. exactly. I mean, Faith shows up, and we see exactly what happens when you have a Slayer <laughs> with no family and friends. Yeah, she is all Slayer all the time. Yeah, she and is. she loves it. And, and Buffy hates it. She's she kind it. of the Darla of Slayers, you could Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Yeah. Faith she's... and Darla. I think we actually <laughs> may have said that during Darla. Yeah, <laughs> or during so or too. sorry, during Angel the episode. Yeah. Um but but yeah, she loves being a slayer, just like Darla loves being a vampire. Mm-hmm. No, that's very true. <laughs> and if, if Faith lost the ability to be a slayer, she would go try and get it back. Absolutely. Yeah, she'd go around like Killing other slayers, hoping that you could be <laughs> she like would just get the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> this one? She'd no. be like she'd that be one? sneaking in, like, like part of the bringers. <laughs> she'd have like a bringer mask. <laughs> <laughs> no, she'd she'd probably just start kidnapping them and taking transfusions of slayer blood. Oh, there you go. <laughs> she'd yeah. probably just drain them. Totally. Like, well, Buffy tried to drain me. God damn it! Yeah. I'll just drain her back. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a this is a deep well we're digging in. Yeah, and it's um, going to be covered a lot in later episodes, but. Yeah, it is. But this is our first glimpse. And this is, I mean, the fact that we had this episode 12. Yeah. Episode 12. 12. Yeah. Sure. And they didn't even know they were going to get renewed. Right. But and so they, we well, then they, they left episode. us. Yeah, they left us with a perfect ending, if it's an mm-hmm. ending. Yeah. And a perfect beginning, if it's not the ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a launching off point for the rest of the, the series. Yeah. They really gave us a perfect arc. And they set up so much foreshadowing for mm-hmm. so many things. So, so let's say Buffy didn't come back, Rob. She came back right. Well, I, that's what I would think. I mean, yeah, totally. I, I I completely agree with uh with Kendra and with Faith and with a lot of the potentials who identify as slayers, mm-hmm. um, that they shouldn't go to turn themselves in if they accidentally kill a human. No, they're yeah. slayers. Um, I don't agree with Buffy when she tries to turn herself in every time she accidentally kills a human or thinks <laughs> she does, uh, because I mean that would be like that would be like a soldier, uh shooting an enemy combatant or accidentally shooting a civilian and immediately trying to turn himself in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, your job is to do this and sometimes shit happens mm-hmm. and we know that sometimes shit happens. Yeah. Um, so, so no, I mean, I, I don't agree with Buffy on that one. You're, you're a slayer girlfriend, you know, you need to yeah. go be a slayer now. Yep. Uh, I think it's true. great that she has her, her, her family and friends to pull her back from the brink, but I don't think it's as effective mm-hmm. because but we, we have to get rid of the family and friends for her to become her true self. Oh yeah, she has to be rejected by or lose everything. Yes. Just like, just like, by the way, Harry Potter. 
Yeah, well, like well, like any yeah. epic hero. Yeah, any epic <laughs> she, she really is. She's on a hero's journey. I got to go dust off my Joseph Campbell now. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, pretty much any hero ever needs to go through that last, to, uh, to become a fully realized hero. They have yes. to go that last step where they lose everything and then build them ba- themselves back up in their own, in the image that they want to be. In the words of Tyler Durden, <laughs> it is only when we lose everything that we are free to do anything. Yeah, absolutely. I love Fight Club so much. I know, me too. Talk about perfect works of art. <laughs> yeah, Both absolutely. the book and the movie. Perfect. <laughs> I am Jack's total lack of surprise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, we will I, um, notice, because uh, I've already made notes on it, um, at how much better a fighter is uh, Buffy is when she is the Slayer. Oh, uh, yeah. When she doesn't have her, her family and friends yeah. pulling her back to being a human. When she's she not is, wearing her Buffy, Buffy suit. She is, oh, yeah. The Buffy suit. <laughs> the Buffy yeah. Suit. She is ruthless and yeah. she is so good and there <laughs> i mean there could be an argument that uh if she doesn't have the family and friends pulling her back to being human she doesn't need them mm-hmm. yeah that's true <laughs> because she is that badass of a slayer when she is just a slayer yeah uh they hold her back as far as combat goes uh but she gets to still be a human which is what she wants which is great mm-hmm. for her yeah she always wanted to be a real girl yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so, yeah there's there's a lot of interesting stuff in that See, now I'm thinking about this whole Jesus idea and angel. Because the first thing he does is he gives her a cross. Yep. And he's the... And that protects her. So he actually gives her protection. Yes. And he is... Without, um, and, oh, go ahead. When he, and he is uh, St. Mark, the, the preparer of the way, the winged, the winged yeah, lion. Yeah, totally. But he's also hands-off. He doesn't help her for a long time. Oh, but angels don't, don't interfere. Yeah, they no, just they kind of like... <laughs> They totally don't. Well, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's, he's it's a fallen uh, angel. Well, and what he, I mean, and he, uh, the role of the of the the winged lion is to prepare the way, not to like help you down mm-hmm. it. They yeah. just so, prepare it, and then you, so you wander the, down there on your the own. The winged lion says, "Hello, honey, you're in terrible danger." Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's a leather jacket. You look uh-huh. cold. And then peace out, bitch. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, huh? That is interesting yeah, because pre- he I is mean, so very hands off in this first first season. Yeah, I mean, he, he can't even help. Uh, bring her back to life or anything he yeah just has to he stand really there. can't he really is playing the role of like a guardian angel mm-hmm. a bad one <laughs> <laughs> guardian angel well except when she's fighting the three then he's that's what yeah, guardian angel really, is supposed to do but that, yeah. that's like the first time he really steps in and right. and he's in combat and then he kind of takes a powder for another little while so he comes <laughs> yeah. back again like, oh, I couldn't <laughs> you're yeah. fine you're totally fine yeah so, <laughs> how about it slayer <laughs> that is really interesting so then the scoobies can be seen as her disciples in a certain regard maybe i don't know so they're parts of her i don't know if i think they're just parts of her yeah i think they are parts of her i'm just you know like again i'm i'm not good with the i mean in a way they learn from her but basically all i know of the jesus story is jesus christ superstar and i'm sorry it's not bad it's, it's not, a I really mean, good musical. No, I mean, what I mean is, I mean, I know it's a great <laughs> musical, but what I mean is, as far as getting, like, the Cliff Notes version, mm-hmm. that's it. Okay. That's all you need. Okay, that's yeah. it, yeah. And it's, Except we don't know that Judas was that great a singer. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as long as all the Romans had a wicked baritone, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Pilate. <laughs> Pilot was so great at that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, just look it up. Oh man! You, if you don't know what we're talking about, you must you must awaken yourselves to Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes. I don't care who you are, what religion you follow. It's magnificent. It's great fun. And yeah. it's, it's a primer. It's a good primer for for. It is. Yeah. yeah. Although I've heard people call that a primer. 
I still got to call it a primer because it's spelled like that. Because you're priming it, bitch. Right? right? Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised when somebody called it a primer. I'm like, what's a primer? What the what fuck is that? What is a primer? Yeah, I don't know. They, they called it that. I and, think a primer is Buffy's dress in the Halloween episode. Like, yeah, that is a primer. <laughs> and, and Willow's ghost outfit. Yeah. A lot of primers, actually, yeah, in that one. Yeah, very prim. Yeah. Primer. Almost proper. Primer and proper. Primer. <sighs> We've been talking for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah. So it's just if if please, if anybody has any insight into this, I'm really interested. Yeah. I, we I feel we feel like we're right on the verge. Yeah, of getting like there. there's something right there, and maybe we'll come up with it. in when she was bad, because we have a like what three hours to do on that one next, probably, uh, <laughs> possibly <clears throat> at least as much as there. this one. Yes. But yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at a, a fairly classic resurrection story here, yeah. regardless. I mean, no matter which tradition you look at, mm-hmm. this is a very traditional, goes back to the Epic of Gilgamesh, tra- you know, resurrection story. Yeah, it's not but, as traditional a uh, descent into the underworld story. That's true, but she's... But it's but it's close. It's kind it's of a combination close. of the I mean, two. It's, we, we, just, we see a more straightforward one uh, later with Faith. That's true, yeah. But, um, but the prophecy does say that the anointed one will lead her into hell. Into hell, right. Which is a descent into hell. But the, but the whole idea of... It actually, um, from what I was reading, it can really only consider uh, be considered a, the descent... It, uh, or uh, I guess they, have, they could only, it can only be considered um, a trip into the underworld if you come back. Uh, and usually <laughs> you have to come back by yourself, by your own means. Mm-hmm. And Buffy's pretty much helped up. So it's kind of, I She's mean, it makes, it makes. by an angel, if you will. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of, she doesn't uh, complete her journey. It's coming, it's uh, completing your journey is, is going back to the normal world. This really is a resurrection story that is very, very on par with Jesus's resurrection story because Buffy giving into her fate <laughs> and, uh, uh, okay, not letting Giles uh, go in her place right it's a bit like um when uh, the romans came to get jesus and uh and uh, one of his followers uh i can't remember which one it was sorry everybody uh cut off the roman soldier's ear and jesus like put it back on and told everybody to chill out oh yeah yeah no more bloodshed blah 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 blah. uh and then he turns him over himself over voluntarily that's buffy uh giving her uh taking uh holding the hands with the anointed one and letting him guide her into hell then he goes then jesus goes through um the flogging and all that stuff uh and that is her thing with the master yeah, where she's being chased because that's kind of like flogging a... right yeah. well and, and then of course the you know so they don't go into crucifixion things that would be really heavy-handed yeah God, they be, don't do that that would be like <laughs> matrix level heavy-handed right, exactly so yeah so they don't do that but you can see buffy turns herself over to uh to be killed right to save the world yeah. And then she is resurrected. So it is totally the Jesus oh, thing. There you go. Like, totally the Jesus thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> this is, after all, the Cheese Club podcast where all members are exceptional. Peace out, bitches. <laughs> and scene.